boys and girls all over the world tune and dial in to the show where the hosts put what they hate most on a wheel and give a spin because it's movie night and the time is right to kick back and let go if you're in the mix and you like good flicks then you came to the wrong show it's the weekly watch wheel it's the weekly watch wheel with matt jimmy and shamley hey everybody as previously said you're tuning in to the weekly watch wheel where we'll watch a movie my name is matt and i'm here with my good friend jimmy jimmy how you doing man it's james here with my good friend james how you doing james good it's jimmy well now i don't know who you are it's jim jimmy jim jim james james jim hmm I'm good. I was excited because I opened up my notes on my phone and I was like, oh my God, all the movies that we've done this season are in alphabetical order. But that doesn't I'm, sound right. It's actually almost right. Is it your rankings? Uh, no, it's the order that the notes have been in. They're in like reverse alphabetical order. Ah. But even then, it's not right because I don't have, apparently I didn't take notes for Varsity Blues. Oh, okay, yeah. Season of the Witch being our most recent. Right. Then Small Soldiers, then The Rock, and then Without Varsity Blues, Three Ninjas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if you do the THR, that's the last in alphabetical. So it's it's just, it's very mildly interesting in a way that it's incorrect on my phone. But close. But it's if it was correct, it would be kind of a little bit interesting. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're sharing with this this because it's uh that's the most interesting thing of your day today no what was the most interesting part of your day today the most interesting part of my d to d i redid my toolbox that was technically today that was pretty exciting i thought you were like playing on the word red i redid my toolbox <laughs> i didn't understand oh, what you... <laughs> got it you re did i redid it. it no i redid it Oh, what did it say? <laughs> <laughs> no, I put reeds on it like a saxophone. Mm. Can you play it now? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. It's not just us here, Jim. We're here with your good friend, Shanley. Mm. Shanley. I think of her more as like a booty call. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want to get in trouble with you. Booty call? You're the best booty call. Oh, thanks, babe. Should I leave? <laughs> it doesn't bother us none it's never stopped us before i don't know if you know this but uh during our recordings it's often very explicit in here oh, we yeah. just don't talk about it shanley how are you doing today i am okay just okay i i'm trying to even think of what we did today i i ate a sandwich nice we had corned beef and oh yeah happy st patrick's day everybody ho, ho, ho. it's not st patrick's day to use but it is to us as... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry, continue with your beef story. Uh, Matt and I, we shared a little feast. We did. It was very explicit. It was very good. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else I did today. That's all that matters. <laughs> Ultimately, yes. Yeah, well, uh, we had corned beef sandwiches on like marble rye bread with sauerkraut, deli mustard... And then like a fried cabbage and potato succotash. And then I had a beer with it. And then I just 
fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> like I could not stay awake. I I'm right now I'm not really that awake. I thought I heard snoring. Was that you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it woke me up too. <laughs> Uh, it's not the first time that happens, nor will it be the last. Mm. Jimmy, you didn't try the corned beef. Nope. Despite the fact that you're an Irishman. Yep. How do you keep St. Patrick's Day then? I mostly just drive the snakes out of my apartment. That's true. I haven't seen a single snake no, here. No snakes here, thanks to me. Good job. Keeping the tradition going. Well done. Uh, while we're talking about things that people don't care about. Yeah. Uh, I no. also beat... A new Zelda game, not new, but a Zelda game I had never beat Tid before. Which one? The Legend of Zelda, The Oracle of Seasons, which is fitting for today's episode. It is. Um, But I beat that a few days ago. How was it? It was cool. Yeah. So, um, TMI, as always. Here it comes. But the Game Boy has a few Zelda games on it. Three of them for the Game Boy were actually made by Capcom, not by Nintendo. Interesting. Which is unusual for Nintendo to let other people handle one of their their primary properties. properties. So Uh, it's the Oracle of Seasons and the Oracle of Ages, which are like a connected game. It's kind of, they tried to copy like the Pokemon thing, sort of. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then the third one is Shanley's favorite, the Minish Cap. I hate that. It's a really good I game. I hate that title. I don't care what it's about. It's the Minish are uh, a race of people, and, and they, there's they a Minish caps. cap. The hero wears it, and he can turn himself into a Minish. Every time you talk about that game, it makes me legitimately angry. Oh, luckily for me, I prefer you when you're angry. I know you do. Anyways, I am just gonna leave at this point. <laughs> I beat that game. It was Hooray. cool. I'm on to Oracle of Ages now. I keep thinking you're going to say Oracle of Asians. I wish. That would have been better. It would be. So I'll update you guys. That's my 11th Zelda game that I've beaten. Wow. How many exist total? Uh, as of right now, I believe there are 19 in the like official series. And then there's several spinoffs and... Spins other off. games that don't count. Very cool. Is it? Nah. It's, it seems like I've done more of the franchise than that. It's weird that there's eight that I haven't finished yet, but time will tell. Cool. Cool, cool. Cool. <laughs> cool story, James. Let's hear more about you eating beef. <laughs> Sorry, let's go back to that. That was better. I don't want to talk about me eating beef. No, I didn't say let's go back to talking about it. I want you to resume eating your beef. (laughs) (laughs) I really gonna listen to Matt chew corned beef and moan for the (laughs) next hour. (laughs) Snoring. It was very good. I wanted a second sandwich, but I'm glad I didn't because I only had one and still somehow I overate. I went back for seconds and I'm starting to maybe regret it. (laughs) We are one Oh no, you're gonna fall asleep in the recording. (laughs) We're one oh, no. We're one more food description away from having solid nicknames for the three of us. Afternoon pancake, second sandwich. <laughs> one more fat yeah. food thing and then we we got a trinity going here. So, 
Afternoon Pancake <laughs> is like a weekly watch wheel brand thing, but we've never talked about it on the recording. You guys that did, keep, that didn't keep happen. talking about it. I have no idea what you're talking you about. You don't know what I... No. <laughs> it's my favorite car scent. <laughs> so, Little so, tree says afternoon pancake on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you got Ariel for our gift exchange. At like a, a, what was it, like a Glade like plug-in? Basically, it's a little from Bed Bath & Beyond, like a, the scent Bath thing. Bath & Body Works whatever dude it's the same thing yeah bath and body works bbw look it up google video that. buffalo uh beat up doves <laughs> sorry what was the scent that you got her do you remember no do you remember what it was shanley no <laughs> okay i don't understand how that relates to <laughs> so he got her one that was called Midnight Citrus. Oh yeah, Midnight Citrus. <laughs> and, uh, and then we were joking about like, oh, that's that sounds delicious. And then, and then it was an I'm more of an afternoon pancake kind of guy. <laughs> and so uh, we talk about that all the time now. You guys really do. It's really good <laughs> because it also it's sounds like a greeting. Things. It, yeah, that's what we were saying. It's it's double. It's it's a funny thing. An afternoon pancake. Like, good day, fryer. Afternoon pancake. Saying afternoon <laughs> pancake. Oh, I didn't even mean like fryer, but that I guess that makes sense. It also sounds like mm, a like a like a food thing. Yeah. yeah. Afternoon pancake. Second sandwich is pretty good. <laughs> Second sandwich and afternoon pancake. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> It's a morning show. It's a radio morning show. Dude, which one's more embarrassing? A second sandwich or an afternoon pancake? Why are they embarrassing? I think that... They just sound sloppy. I don't think you should have a pancake at 2 p.m. But it's just one. I guess. It's it's very clearly a single serving. It's afternoon pancake. (laughs) So I think it's kind of gross. (laughs) And I also get the sense that the pancake wasn't cooked in the afternoon. It was cooked in the morning. (laughs) That's right. And he just went back to it in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, when you put it that way. It's sloppy and gross. And so having a second sandwich over a sandwich meal like we had, I don't think that's a gross thing, but I think if like you're packing your lunch and you pack yourself a second sandwich, that's sort of in the realm of sloppiness, I think. I'm definitely a second sandwich kind of guy. <laughs> I think you're an afternoon pancake. I am. So we're just looking for Shanley. We're just trying to find her food avatar. <laughs> and But see the thing, like I want to come up with it. Right now, but that's not the way this works. It has yeah, to be organic. Let it, yes. Sure, I could call you freezer frappuccino, but that's mm-hmm. or ranch vodka. <laughs> A Shanley. <laughs> We've never talked about that on this either. I think we have. Have I? Don't think so. It doesn't matter. We're overloading the guests. Okay, you, you can go to it if you want, but I feel I don't like know. I'm overloaded like we're a second like sandwich. Thirty minutes into this, <laughs> no, we're only twelve minutes in. We're pretty good right now. I bet it feels like thirty minutes <laughs> yeah, to the just... winner. <laughs> feels so much longer for me because I'm full of the beef. Anyway, how are you, Matt? 
I think I've kind of already gone through it. Doing okay. Tired from the beef. Tired from the beef. It was it was a really long week, somewhat of a stressful week, and I was looking forward to this dinner with y'all and recording with y'all. So I'm. This is the highlight of my day right now. Woo! Yay! It's a great so day. Do not let me down. <laughs> we had a spin this week, which is not unusual for us. We do that every week, and Jimmy's friend Ariel spun. Venn diagram. My good friend, Ariel. Excuse me. Ariel considers Jimmy the goodest friend. Mm-hmm. She does. <laughs> and she spun Venn diagram and then spun Nicolas Cage filmography and Cranberry Juice, which is our name for a period piece. And what we ended up choosing was 2011's Season of the Witch. Full title, Nicolas Cage, Season of the Witch, Ron Perlman. And, wow. I've wanted to talk to you guys about this so much over the course of the last 24 hours. Because I have so much to say. But I'm curious about initial responses. It was better and worse than I expected. Exactly! Oh, I couldn't have phrased it better myself. But mostly worse. (laughs) (laughs) Initial response, Jim? I just felt like I understood why I'd never heard of this movie. Exactly. Yep. So I get how this one slipped through the cracks. <laughs> That's that makes sense. Checks out. It just feels like this movie was put together so casually that I'm like I'm really impressed that they finished it. It's crazy. It's like they just <laughs> said like, "All right, we got 48 hours to film this movie. Let's just grind it out. We're just going to get it done." And and I feel like they must have been met with incredulity every time they called somebody be like, "Hey, uh Nicolas Cage, do you want to be in this movie?" Sure. Oh, really? Oh, okay. That's awesome. I will write you down. What about you, Ron Perlman? Yeah, fine. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm I'm surprised that they made this. Anyway, the short version of the story is, summary-wise, uh, Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman are the world's greatest crusaders, and they've decided that they want to be done crusading, and so they both quit because they're, cause Nicolas Cage is tired of killing innocent people, And they go to a city just to buy horses, and then when they're there, they find out that it's been ravaged by the Black Plague, and they're blaming it on this young gal, who they call the Black Witch. They think that she is causing the Black Plague, so they need to send her to uh, a monastery in Simulac. (laughs) Or something. Severac? <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Same thing. Because there is an ancient book of Solomon in there that has an incantation or a prayer of some sort that can de-witch witches or something. I thought she was going in front of like a panel of monks to have like a trial. Of yeah, her. yeah, you're right. So Nicolas Cage, uh, they asked Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman to transport her there and Nicolas Cage says no, they get thrown in jail and he goes fine, I'll do it if she's given a trial first in Simulac. And they say fine. And then uh, they, it's a long journey that spans 16 minutes, mm-hmm. give or take. <laughs> and we'll get into what happens with that in just a little bit. But 
Okay, first of all, I just want to talk about the way this movie looks, the way the characters sound. I'm just flabbergasted by it. You have Nicolas Cage in this weird, stringy, golden blonde wig. And some scenes, he's speaking with an accent, right? So, his accent builds as the movie goes on. (laughs) The the way an accent normally does. But it builds to, like, a very mild accent. Like. My first impression with the way that Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman were handling their roles is Ron Perlman said, I'm just going to give you the Ron Perlman and that's it. (laughs) I'm not changing my look. I'm not changing my My, voice. I'm going to just kind of roughly like estimate what was in the script (laughs) in the way I talk, but I'm just going to make it me, you know, I'm going to make it my own. And Nicolas Cage came at it with the enthusiasm of, like, a kid who's in the play in high school because he likes a girl that's in the play, but, like, doesn't have any drive or passion for theater on his own, you know? Hmm. Just a hint of trying, but not really. Okay, so he's trying to impress a little bit, but he doesn't really care. And the girl, in this particular case, is... His salary, I guess, in this movie. Yeah. You know what? That might be a bad example. He might actually be doing it like someone who had to choose between doing the school play or like... Going to military school? Yeah. Something. I don't know. (laughs) Come up with your own scenario. But he didn't want to do this. He had to. But he's like trying to kind of not, you know, be Interesting. Interesting. So I because... agree, I agree that he's not very present in this movie, but I think he likes this movie, and I think he likes his role in this movie. It was, I mean, because he was so not Nicolas Cage in it? Because I think it takes effort for him to not Nicolas Cage things up. I don't know. And he really didn't to me. So you feel like his heart just wasn't in it? I actually feel like this is him trying to act. Oh. I feel like in this one he... <laughs> He he was doing the opposite of Ron Perlman. I okay. think Ron Perlman was doing what Nicolas Cage normally does. Nicolas Cage shows up and he's like, I'm going to yell. I'm going to Nicolas Cage up my lines loosely on what's in the script. In this one, I think he was like, no, okay, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to be... I'm going to be Bayman of, of... This is what I think of tour. a guy in the 1300s who's European would sound like. Okay, let's talk about what they would sound like because everybody is incredibly American in this movie, which is weird. So something that bothers me is whenever a movie takes place uh, is a period piece, everybody has English accents, whether it takes place in France or wherever in the world. If it takes place in the Roman Empire, which is Italy, they speak with English accents. And that's annoying and weird, but I know it's something that happens. But this movie has predominantly English noblemen and everybody in it speaks with a very normal American accent, including that actor Al Capone from Boardwalk Empire, whatever that actor's name is. He's British in real life. He's from Brooklyn. He's British in real life though. (laughs) He's putting on that Brit that Brooklyn accent for this role. It's it's the weirdest thing. Did that catch you guys off guard at all? Well, I think they just committed because if they had people just speaking with whatever accent they felt like, <laughs> it would have not really made sense. So they're like, everyone just sounds American. We're just doing that. 
Yeah, I feel like the rest of the cast kind of fit along with the two stars of the movie. But I was thinking to myself while I was watching, because like this is a period piece. But if you take out, like actually clip the movie and like take out all the parts where Ron Perlman and Nicolas Cage were talking, I have no idea when that's yeah. when, where, any kind of semblance of a setting. And it was sort of anachronistic in sort of the way A Knight's Tale is. Only A Knight's Tale like fully commits to that and is like we're translating medieval sports to like today's brand of sports so you kind of get it you get the celebrity of knights this movie didn't really go to that direction so i was just really confused most of the time yeah and and i would say that everyone is just speaking their normal accent which is sort of like um a man in the iron mask sort of thing you know when john malkovich is john malkovich and jeremy irons is jeremy irons so on and so forth gabriel Mm. byrne is a very irish uh frenchman (laughs) Uh, but th- that's not the case in this one because that Al Capone guy, who- whose name is what Hagamar, is that right? Uh, Hamburger. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. No, it's, you got it. It's Hagamar. That's hilarious because I was just throwing syllables together. <laughs> the actor who plays Hagamar, he's British in real life, but he's speaking with this yeah, like this thick Brooklyn accent. So it's very odd. Christopher Lee's in this movie. He's speaking with his Christopher Lee accent. Yep. But boy, what a weird movie. And appearances. What is his accent? Christopher Lee's? Yeah. He's an Englishman. Because he doesn't sound super English. No, he doesn't. I feel like when I'm thinking of um, Saruman or uh, Count Dooku or his boil-faced gross man in this. Yeah, boil-faced gross man. Yeah. um, (laughs) He's the uh, accountant in the village, I think. He doesn't sound... British. He just sounds like grandiose. You yeah. Know? Oh, I just by the way, Scarface from Boardwalk Empire's name is Stephen Graham. Okay. Stephen with a PH. Of course. P H T E V N. No, no E before that end. Uh, yeah, Christopher Lee. Yeah, he was born in London. Yeah, but I do agree. He doesn't have a very distinct English accent, but he is speaking with his normal accent. Mm-hmm. Even for the fact that his face is pulled way back with prosthetics. Yeah, it's really unpleasant. Appearances. I didn't mean to. And I, fe- I felt rude doing For this. laughing? <laughs> I didn't mean to do I laughed out loud do you when, know what I he's first, talking about? when I first saw Nicolas Cage. He, like, <laughs> just genuinely burst out laughing <laughs> so, at the appearance yeah. of, like, a, a, a cherry blonde... Yeah, like a like a drinking for months straight, <laughs> like saggy, just jowly Nicolas Cage face with a very tight head of hair. With, yeah, like a like a boy band like '90s haircut. It is crazy. Yeah, it wasn't a good look. When is this movie from? 2011. Oh my god! Yeah. He looks so much better now. He looks so much younger now. Yeah. Than he looked in 2011. That's funny. And their armor is really weird. You know what right? he looks like in this? What? He looks like a 40-year-old like ski lift operator. He does. Was he not wearing like ski gear in this? Because I could see that. Like he a vinyl well jacket be. up to his chin. 
Yeah. Like a turtleneck jacket. And he looks like he just like still wants to show up to all the like 25-year-old parties. Yes, he does. He just hasn't let go of that, you know? That's the kind of hair he has. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's wispy, well, it's but it doesn't the hair. move. It's his whole vibe. Mm-hmm. His face. Everything about him is like, ugh. I'm just imagining him right now. You know that episode of The Office where um, Dwight is like dressed as everyone? Mm. And then you see him in Meredith's wig. Oh, I didn't see that. But I can imagine that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, Yeah, it's Nicolas Cage in a Meredith wig. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. And so the movie opens with them fighting in the Crusades along with, with the rest of the armies. And their armor is so weird. So you have Nicolas Cage wearing this big frumpy helmet that's like sitting on his head, really a school. And it's, um, you know what it looks like? It looks like in Hitchhiker's Guide when, when they put the lemon zester on Zephod's head. You know what I'm talking uh-huh. about? That's exactly what it looks like. It's like big. Yeah, I was <laughs> laughing at their helmets and everyone else's helmets look pretty normal. cool and normal. <laughs> and they just had really stupid helmets. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, because Ron Perlman's looks like a like a Bierstein. I was going to say, you know, when there's those like round, like, uh, b- like baby chair things. That have like a part that sits in between their legs. Oh, that's a. The There's bumbo. like the two the two leg holes, and yeah. then it's like a. It looked like one of those like <laughs> on, on his head. Of his head. Yeah. It's like just a round, but like flat on top. It was a high top fade helmet, and it yeah. looks so stupid. And that they they have these really intense combative faces on you know the looks on their faces as they're mowing down everybody, yeah. and it's just. I was not engaged in the action at all because I was like, why did they just look so weird? They look very odd and yeah, weird. Yeah, not cool. I feel like they also shot it. Like, it was very clear to me that it was just those two actors in front of a green screen. <laughs> sure. Yeah. They're it, just swinging brooms around yeah. like Star Wars kid. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or I feel like there was, like, the first battle they were in, there was, like, a, a scene or just you see all these, like, soldiers, like, raise their swords and it's like very clear that it's like five people and then a screen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um... Did it bother you guys that they really tried to do the uh, Gimli and Legolas yes. thing? Yes. Because of that? Oh, yeah. They so wanted the that to be the... a, a whole thing dynamic between them. Why don't you walk us through that? I just remember they were talking about that they were going to go drinking. I don't remember the details of it. You probably the... better. It was something like, oh, there's 6,000 soldiers. Whoever kills the, the most soldiers in the other army's got to buy the drinks the next day. And he's like, so you, I'll take this 3,000 and you take that 3,000. He goes, then who's going to buy drinks? Ron Perlman goes, you are. <laughs> and then there's this fight sequence. And then they're drinking. And it has me wondering, wait, who won? Who's buying the damn drinks? And yep. nope, no, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to go to the next fight back sequence. Back to another fight. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they keep talking about this drinks thing. This movie was very much made by somebody who wanted to make The Lord of the Rings. Sure. Or, more accurately, somebody who saw The Lord of the Rings. Somebody who heard about The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I guess the breaking point for Nicolas Cage's characters, the Battle of Smyrna, they go in and they just have their swords swinging blindly, and he doesn't realize that the, uh, the inner courts is, has no soldiers in it. It's just full of women, and he just straight stabs a woman through the stomach and he's like oh i'm i'm not doing this anymore i'm not gonna crusade 
And then the other guy's like, hey, you you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta serve God. And he's like, I'm not crusading. And Ron Perlman's like, Yep. <laughs> Did you get the impression that Ron Perlman didn't really care? No, yep. you didn't. Care. <laughs> I felt like he was just like, I'm hanging out with my friend. I, I'm I'm whatever you know. It's I a also big deal didn't to you. wasn't really sure if they were that good of friends. Like I knew that that was their like job in the script, but they didn't strike me as like particularly buddy buddy. Nope. Okay. What did you did you feel that way? You thought they were the best friends that anyone's ever had? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I kind of feel like they almost didn't like film at the same time. It was like a <laughs> Vin Diesel and The Rock situation. Yeah. They're on set on different days. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Vin Diesel and The Rock versus Ron Perlman and Nicolas Cage, I thought it was odd how much Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman looked like they were the same height, the way it, that it was shot. Because, you know, like Vin Diesel's way shorter than The Rock, and they shoot those Fast and the Furious movies like they're the same height. But then I looked it up. Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman, same height. Huh. Yeah. That's not surprising to me. No. Really? I feel like you yelled out at some point in the movie, Rob Perlman is the biggest man in the whole world. I think that's his word for word what I did say to the <laughs> yeah. screen. And, and I, I stand by like, that. No. I don't mean that he's like the... I, I don't mean like Andre the Giant. He's, he's just... He's, he's barrel chested. He's like your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just mean that he's like the big thing. He's the it thing right now. You know how all the mm. kids are talking about Ron Perlman, this, TikTok, Tide yeah. Pods. 2011's It Boy <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage and his It haircut <laughs> so when they're leaving the crusade and they're talking about how hungry they are then they walk through this this herd of sheep right and they're like it's oh. goats goats and then there's like there's... Yeah, I wrote notes about it that's why it's you have notes on goats yeah uh I don't know if you're going to go there, so I'll bring it up if, if you don't bring it up, but... Oh, I'm curious. Are you are you not saying anything until you're in the house? Because I had a goat note. Tell us your goat note. <laughs> so, I'm not even going to look at my phone. So, uh, they're walking it's through... It's a goat note he knows by rote. They're walking through, they're like, oh, all these goats out here. Did someone let them out, or did they hop over the fence? What's going on? And uh, Nicolas Cage is like, We've been walking for days and we haven't seen a soul. And Ron Perlman says, save your souls, boy. I just want a chicken. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, they're hungry. I'm like, why don't you eat a goat, dummy? I was going to say that. Okay. That was, I was, that was the first note that I had that wasn't about their accents <laughs> was just kill a goat. Like, what are you doing? Well, the, the reason I was going to kill past this chicken, point. but you won't kill their goat. Well, the reason I was going to get past this part where they see the goats is because they find the owners of the goats. Mm -hmm. And they're totally riddled with this bubonic plague. It's a husband and a wife, and they're, like, clinging to each other in bed. The husband's dead. The wife is, like, Red. on her last breath. <laughs> what? I just wanted to keep the rhyme going. <laughs> is, did that bed. jump up scare you? That jump scare? I think it did. Okay. So really? Really? Yeah, well, okay. Oh, no, 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 it was the witch on the bridge that did, but we skipped over that part. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Let's stay here for a second. Even if it didn't super scare me, it did strike me that our two main characters walk into a house, are like, hey, hello, this is the first people they're seeing stricken with the plague. 
Right. And they have no reaction. And they're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they go, what do you think happened? <laughs> yeah, like, it seems like several minutes later, like... It felt kind of judgy to me. It felt <laughs> like they were like, ew, like, what do these weirdos do, you know? Well, they walked into a house. They walked into the bedroom. The blinds are shut. There's a blanket full-on covering the entire bed. And, and so I was folks. weirded out that the wife is still alive, maybe? <laughs> She's under Really, yeah. Shanley, you don't get laying underneath a blanket and when you're still not being alive. Well. Oh, no, I, I totally get that. But if someone came into my house and discovered me, thought I was dead or something, I would have hoped for them to have like some kind of reaction, right? Like, yeah. Like, a, ah! My, my reaction was, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it it was not pleasant looking. And what would they have done if this was a very normal situation? If there was like a husband and wife just sleeping in there? They just walked into this house, curtains drawn, there's a husband and wife clearly under a blanket. That's a very normal scenario. I mean... Give me your chickens. (laughs) Okay, well, well, so they find them, they're sick, whatever. The next shot we see is that Felson, who is Ron Perlman and Bayman. Bayman, dude. I have in my notes... I'm the Bang Man because I'm from the Bang Man. <laughs> he, I don't think he says that in the That's, movie. He does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then he whips his hair. <laughs> so the next shot is Bang Man and Felson. Bang Man. <laughs> Yes, that's how Ron Howard, or not Ron Howard, Ter- Terrence Howard, but maybe Ron Howard. That's how Terrence Howard would say it in Hustle and Flow. They set the house on fire. Did they burn that woman alive? <laughs> Can you really call that living? (laughs) Can you really call that a woman? (laughs) A bubble face. So they burn down the house, and then they continue walking. And that's when it upset me that they didn't eat the goats. I get that they didn't eat the goats before because they were like, these belong to somebody. Where's the shepherd? They find the shepherd. The shepherd dies. They they burn the woman alive. But now (laughs) they have all these goats that don't belong to anyone, and they even have a fire. That's when you eat the goats. I don't yeah. know, man. I wouldn't eat a goat that I cooked over a uh, black plague fire. Oh, that's how, that's how you get the good taste. Mm. Yeah, my appetite was gone. They were... Yeah, they were nasty. Mm. The bubble face people? I did not like all of the... I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm not a fan of the black plague. I don't think it was a good look. I'm so glad he added plague to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, neither am I. I thought I think it was pretty bad. I think it's icky, and I'm glad it's gone. Yeah, you might want to walk that back a little bit. We got a lot of listeners from different demographic, (laughs) from different plagues. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were gross. Um, Before we move on to the rest of the story, because we're about to enter the part where witches come back in, let's reference the first scene with the witches, and then go back into Ron Perlman's. And and Nicolas Cage finding the witch situation. The witchuation. <laughs> I'll allow that. <laughs> I definitely will allow that. I prefer it. <laughs> uh, I guess the opening... This is the opening of the movie. That there are mm-hmm. three women on witch trials. Uh, on which trials have been <laughs> dealt. Yes. So here's the witchuation. Yeah. <laughs> Send Russian. <laughs> yes. They're being tried as witches. All three of them 
are hanged. Some guy says they're hung. It's not true. Yeah. Well, maybe it is. Maybe he's talking about something entirely Perhaps. <laughs> they're hanged. And then it's a really interesting form of execution. I don't know if that's morbid for me to be interested in it. So there is the rope is attached to the bridge. The women are thrown off of the bridge so that way they're hanged. And then there's enough rope to land them in the water beneath where they drown. Well, yeah, they lower them after hanging okay. into the water where they drown. They leave them there for a while. And then the priest who's there, um, he's like, we got to pull them back up, yo. We got to get the incantation from the Book yeah, of Solomon. Yeah, we got to do the, have to read the passage from the Book of Solomon. So when he said that, I wanted to ask you, but I wanted to save it for content. You are a godly man. Godly man. You're educated in the ways of the Bible. <laughs> sure. What in the Book of Solomon, which I guess is probably different than the Song of Solomon based on how the movie goes, yeah. but if there's anything in the Song of Solomon that would stop witches from being witchy, what would it be? The Song of Solomon is a neurotic poem. I know. <laughs> I don't think it would stop anybody from being witchy. Are you sure? Uh, unless it like turns them. Are you sure it turns them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think what they were going for is like because Solomon is said to be the wisest, endowed with like godly wisdom above anybody historically. Mm. Uh, but I don't think it's the Song of Solomon because the Song of Solomon is all about like, hey, lady, you you've got it's... nice boobs and and you have all your teeth. Did and the Solomon like, write Ecclesiastes? <laughs> <laughs> Did you not know that that's in the Bible? No. <laughs> Shane is looking at me funny. Yeah, it's like, you got nice boobs and you're not missing any teeth. And who cares if you're dark? I like you anyway. And yeah. she's like, you really know how to flatter a woman. Your breasts. <laughs> They're beneath, They're beneath your throat. throat. <laughs> <laughs> it's along those lines, yeah. Do you, did Solomon write Ecclesiastes? I want to be a witch no mo. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Do you think there's anything in there that would make a witch stop witching? I don't think so, no. Damn. So you're telling me that the Bible is completely useless <laughs> when, fighting when reading something to stop a witch from her witching ways. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> it, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> you got a witch problem. Don't turn to the Bible. Turn through the Bible. Mm -hmm. Be transformed from within. The witch will be turned through the Bible. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I just have to say, in a, in a realm of PR, witch trials... It's a shame of the church. We shouldn't have done that. You can't turn a witch into a housewife. <laughs> Just let that sit for a second. Hmm. What's up, Shamley? Nothing. Am I wrong? You're going there. Am I wrong? I guess not. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, you, you conceded to that. That's when Shanley had a big jump scare. Because one of the corpses that the priest pulls out reanimates and he goes like... <laughs> and was that the one that was lied to? Because it didn't look like it, but I couldn't tell that's just because they looked all gross from being like drowned and stuff. I think it was the middle one. So it was like the one who confessed and then the middle one was like, I made ointment out of opossum fat. And then the third one... <laughs> out, of, was... uh, out of opossum fat. <laughs> I said... <laughs> You said opossum. Uh, I think you said opossum fat. I was like, opossum fat, please. I got How some many? ointment to make. <laughs> How many? Just one. I only need 
opossum vet. <laughs> and then the last one who like pronounced the curse. And I think it was the middle one. I think it was uh, opossum lady. Damn. So the the third one was clearly a witch, right? Yes, definitely. She's Wait. like a haggard old woman with like a crazy eye. Cloudy eye. Yeah. Yeah. Is that not the one that came out of the swamp? No, I was watching her. She, <laughs> she like twitched well, a whole bunch. But... The, oh, that's the one that was like convulsing and yeah. then he finished the, so the priest pulls her out and says like something from the book and then she stops twitching. Mm. Yeah. That's right. I did look, so I was, there's so much in this beginning part that I do want to talk about. Okay. Let's hear it. Number one, I really liked that it felt kind of realistic that they pull this lady out of the water and she starts like convulsing and whatever. And I was like, hey, maybe bodies do weird, gross stuff like that. Like there could be gases escaping or like neurons still firing or whatever. Or neurons escaping. Yes. Or witches escaping. And I was like, dude, like this seems like a realistic thing that some guy pulling the lady out who thinks she's a witch. Some weird stuff starts happening. He's like, oh, my God, she's coming back to life. Right. Like, yeah. I was like, this is just, they were right all along, you know? <laughs> well, see, that's a, this movie really toes that line. And I don't know if it's brilliant or stupid. I'm going to think it's stupid. It's uh, stupid. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> it's like it weaves in and out of, like, witch trials are terrible. They killed so many innocent women. And then it's like, actually, no, the witches are super evil. And then it's like, there's no witches the the men were evil and they were all rapists and then it's like no no no, no actually witches and the devil <laughs> and I'm like what what's, what's the message here because I'm getting way ahead but the end, yeah the end of the movie she's like oh my god people thought that the black plague was just a plague but it was actually witches and we saved the day so it's like okay so the writer of this movie wants to look back on like all the women who were murdered and be like you know what. That was actually a good thing. They were, <laughs> they were right. Because <laughs> that is where the movie lands. Well, let's, let's get into a, a moral of the story discussion at the end, because I do want to go there. Okay. It's such fertile ground. It is. But in the beginning here, I, to frame that conversation, was anyone else like intrigued by this? Like, oh, like... Totally. It, just before the, any witchy stuff actually happened, I was like, oh, there's like... We're seeing him misinterpret something as possibly witchcraft. Exactly. That's and that's interesting. Yeah. And so this happens before Nicolas Cage, but his entire sequence where he becomes disillusioned by the, uh, the claims of the crusade. Yeah. And so that what you're saying, this priest misinterpreting whatever the body is doing post-mortem, mm-hmm. that lines up exactly with what Nicolas Cage is learning that like, oh, no, this crusade is and, yeah. bullcrap. And so I thought when that part happened... I was like, oh, this movie's going to be about, like, women falsely being accused of being witches. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to run into a witch somewhere in this who's, like, a real witch. And she's a good and witch. She, no, no, no. I thought we were going to get, like, a, like, a mean evil witch. But that it's, like, all these innocent a women. A witch. Well, I mean, I thought it was going to be, like, a bunch of people getting killed and, like, a witch who's, like, an avenging spirit for the innocent women that are killed. Damn. Like, I wish got, that movie was, was like, made. Oh, that's interesting. Like this is going to, this is actually not going to be a terrible movie. And then <laughs> nope. the third body gets pulled up and she's like a zombie witch. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. never mind. And she likes, they're not doing anything clever with this. This is just, that was when I knew <laughs> that was when I knew I was like, Oh, this is just going to be dumb. <laughs> she spits a warm liquid goo. On his face, he yeah, has similar a war- to a, he gets a warm uh, liquid goo face. Similar to a dinosaur in your Jeep passenger seat. Yeah, well, that doesn't happen there, but 
the dinosaurs there. Yeah. Did you guys think that um, that none of them were going to be witches in the beginning? Dilophosaurus. What? Did any of you think that the three ladies who were killed were going to be witches? Or did you think they were not going to be witches? I thought they were not going to be witches. I thought they were not going to be witches until I saw the third lady. And I'm like, she is definitely a witch. (laughs) I've seen a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I might have been a little bit more there as well. And then I also thought that the one who was like, you said you were going to spare me and she didn't get spared. He's like, you're sold, dummy. We're still going to kill your dumb body. You dumb witch. Um, I thought that she was going to end up being like the bad guy that like her, like, like she would come back from the, oh, yeah, because she was be like cool. betrayed. And I was like, Oh, like she's going to be the one that comes back to life because she was betrayed. She trusted the priest and he lied to her. And that's going to be like the misunderstood villain of the movie. And so when the, or misunderstood, what? Or Mrs. She's not married, dude. You can't, turn a witch into a housewife. <laughs> How many times do I have to say it? <laughs> so I, I, I thought that was going to happen, but I think you guys are right that number one, none of those witches, which now all three of them are witches to me. <laughs> none of those witches ever come back. And yeah. then also, yeah, they, they, the one that came back to life and killed the dude wasn't even the blonde one. Dumb. How disappointing. Dumb movie. There was so much that they could have done there, and it ended up being just a waste of time. It was a huge waste of time, yeah. Unnecessary time part trap. of the film. <laughs> it was it was a time trap of sorts. <laughs> they were like, this movie's too short. Let's give them about 12 minutes of unnecessary witch murder. Hmm. That makes the church look like bad guys, but that's not necessarily where we're going with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so now we're... Th- Assemble the team. Uh, Felsen and Sazerac... Cesarac? Isn't Cesarac the name of the city that they're going yep. to? No, Nicolas Cage. Baymang. Baymang. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Felton and Baymang. Felton. <laughs> um, they're 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 at Christopher Lee's house. Yeah, and what an upsetting scene. Yeah, his face is all bubbly and distorted. He's got kind of two faced lip, you know. The, you know what I mean? Like two yeah. face lip, where the oh. lip is full of and you see the teeth, and he's just he's still sounding like Christopher Lee. Would, you know what I mean? Yep. The, the thing that upset me the most in that room is there's like a bunch of like blood soaked rags in a cauldron. Did you see that? Uh, I think I missed that part. Good for you. I did like that they had like the typical like witch doctor face. Oh or yeah, masks. like the long nose masks. Yep. What are those called? They're called plague doctor masks. Plague doctor masks. So so they enter this town and they're captured because they're recognized, and that's when they end up at Christopher Lee's house. <laughs> but before they go into the the town, Ron Perlman says, "Hey, Baymang." Uh, I don't think we should go into this town. Uh, We're going to get recognized, dude. They're going to recognize us. Oh, yes. And Nicolas Cage is like, we'll keep our hoods on, dude. And also photography doesn't exist. Yeah. And no one knows who the fuck we are. (laughs) We're two guys in a giant army that have been traveling all over the world. That's so stupid. Um, So I just said, why would they be recognized? We have social media. And I'm never recognized. (laughs) 
like occasionally in San Mateo, someone will know my name from high school, but there was only like a thousand people there. I totally had the the same thought there because the closest thing possible maybe is if they were such successful soldiers that maybe pictures of them were drawn. But have you ever seen drawings yeah. from there that everybody just has droopy eyes and looks exactly the same? The, another note for the writer of this film. Okay, I hope he's listening. If they had like killed their commanding officer because he refused they to let them leave or because they refused to like let him kill these innocent women or something yeah then maybe it's it still wouldn't make sense but it's like, like a okay, yeah, rider like, situation yeah there's a chance that it could be like you know they'll they'll recognize us but they it they were recognized it did yeah, happen sure <laughs> did. perlman was right perlman and baymane but yep. they're not recognized from their faces it's because of their swords <laughs> Yeah, it was from their swords, which was very Phantom Menace, in my opinion. And like his sword was showing through his robe, and a child saw it. I was like, yeah, Qui Gon Jin. Their swords have like the symbol of the Crusade. Is that what it is, or something? Is that like historically what that I is? I don't know. It's like a That's black. What the it's a black uh, falcon. It looked like a like a huelga. Thanks. Right. It's my mother's maiden name. That's what that's called, right? The yeah, the farm workers. <laughs> Yeah, they're called Walka symbol. Yeah, thing. Am, am I right? Or you am I being an idiot? No. Well, I mean, the symbol's not called Walka. Yeah, but isn't it? No, Walka means protest. But I thought that's what that like bird was called. I don't think so. I think that they just kind of go like together. Your mom's last name is protest. Your mom's last name is protest. <laughs> I believe that's what Walka means. Let's look it up before my Mexican fans hate me. I wrote Welga Bird, but I spelled Bird B U R D. It might be a revolt or something. Strike. Yeah. I mean, if you look up Welga Bird. Yeah, but you have to put Bird. It's my Bird. It's Welga Bird. <laughs> that's okay. why you spelt well, it like that. Bord. <laughs> you're, used to, you're used to pronouncing it in Russian. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, so it looked bo- like that. So they had that on their swords. Later we find out. That they had the option of signing up for as many years of service as they wanted to absolve themselves of their sins. Yeah, and that's that's historically accurate. So why would it why would it be so uncommon for someone to have done a couple years of service and then still have his sword from when he used to be in the army? Like, why is the having the swords a dead giveaway? Like these guys are fucking deserters. We got to take them out. Like, oh, let's I don't punish know. Punish them. It could have just been like, yeah, we used to be in the army, and now we're not in the army, so calm down, guys. I kind of took their years in the army sign-up story to be, like, a joke. Matt's saying that that's historically accurate. So It was a joke. It was a cute little story. Well, yeah, the story was... Yeah, yeah, but but that that is what the church said, unfortunately. I, I didn't think that they were pegged as deserters as soon as the swords were seen. I thought that when they were seen, they're like, oh, these guys are soldiers. Maybe they are strong enough and brave enough to take the Black Witch to Simulac. Well, no, because they, were, they but, were getting brought to prison. No, then they get brought into Bubbleface Christopher Lee. Well, that was after. No, they, this is before they go to prison. No, dude, it is before they go to prison. But they were about to be brought into the prison as deserters. Then some other dude walks up and is like, no, give them to me. I'm going to take them to see Christopher Lee. 
and then they Follow go see me. him, and then when they refuse him, then they go back to jail. And you'll be free. Really? Straight so they were jail. they were they were about to go straight to jail. Straight to jail. And, and then they um, like someone sees them and is like, okay. actually, I, I have a better idea. So so they were already okay. going to jail. Okay. Well, perhaps I stand corrected there. You do. Okay. Dooku. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then, then you're right. Yeah, they shouldn't have been pegged immediately as deserters just from the hilt. Those bastards. The board. Okay, so now we're at Christopher Lee's boil face, which they showed so many times. Too many times. Constantly. That is one thing that I think was actually done pretty well. I think, I think this is successful body horror. If the scene was five minutes long, which it felt like it could have at least been 15. <laughs> yeah. They spent about 80% of that time in a close-up on Christopher Lee's mm-hmm. motionless face. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like the makeup was good in a horrifying so way. I think it was. And also in that room, though, was Klaus in a jerry curl. Mm-hmm. It sure was. Oh, Kai. Because his name is Kai. Okay. <laughs> so we got Pearl Mang. Bye, Mang. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is a pretty thug movie. I missed yep. out. <laughs> I didn't notice that upon first watching, but I guess it is. This is when they meet. <laughs> <laughs> this is when they meet the monk, and his name is Jimmy. What is it? Oh, De Balzac. Fame. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the ball sack. <laughs> the funny thing, so his his name is Debelzak or something yeah. like that. But immediately, like, no sooner did they get the pronunciation of the K that you say Debalzak, and it ruined the entire movie. I'm sorry, that's too much credit. You didn't ruin this movie. This yeah. movie isn't good. But well, I couldn't take the name seriously well, for the it rest was of the that, movie. And it was their insistence on. The amount of Christopher Lee's face they showed in the Christopher Lee scene yeah. is matched by the amount of saying De Balzac <laughs> that they did in the entire rest of the movie. It was like the, if you looked up all the words that were said in this entire script, most of them that's are the De number one word. More than the, more than an, more than anything else, more than which. They say De Balzac Season constantly, of De Balzac. dude. They do not stop saying it. It's every they need to address him directly constantly throughout this movie. Hey it's you. It's so weird. Who? Me? Yeah, you. DeBalzac. Yeah. That's me. I'm DeBalzac. Yeah. I know you're DeBalzac. Shoot. DeBalzac, go. Um they meet DeBalzac and he is clearly from the beginning the most evil person in the entire world and he's like we got to kill this black witch. She came here, and then the plague came here. So I will take you to Severac, because that's where we got to take her. Then they also... uh, Is this also when they meet a cart? Who? A cart. Oh, you know what? Isn't he's He's the the one good character in the the whole movie? He's the one who stops them from going to jail and brings them to Christopher Lee's room. Hey, cart them up this way. I forgot Bring that guy's name. I kind of don't remember him being in this movie. He was the best character. He was the only good character in the movie, Maybe. in my opinion. Shanley, did you like him? Yeah, he was cool. He seemed like a feral man. A feral man? 
Yeah, he was fair. <laughs> did you did you hear what I heard? I know what she said, and I heard what you heard. <laughs> like, like feral, like yeah, a feral like man, <laughs> like a stray man. <laughs> so my stray man. <laughs> so he didn't get that impression at all. <laughs> He's very logical. He's like, hey, uh, yeah, the plague's everywhere. I lost my two daughters and my wife and he's wow. the one who's saying things like hey you know maybe this is just a plague and it has nothing to do with this girl but Debalzak Debalzak is sensitive so <laughs> Shaley did you read Debalzak <laughs> as being like bad and evil and suspicious right off the bat I don't like I didn't think he was kind of like a CD character I kind of got the impression that he was very like he felt righteous in what he was doing, but he was just doing... Misguided. Yeah. He was wrong Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that. wrong Okay. What is your phone doing? Why is it talking to me? Is it talking to you? Yes. It's, I heard something. Did it go Welga? <laughs> it said something about Welga. Oh, I guess I accidentally hit... You're calling Janine... <laughs> Anyways, uh, I did not read that as a, a, a suspicious character right away. Really? I th- it's funny that you felt like that. And I was going to bring that up, but I was waiting for the appropriate moment. But you were immediately it's like, never an appropriate this guy to talk is about trouble. Balzac. I do not like him. Do not trust him. He's a bad man. And you maintained that throughout the whole movie. And I did not feel that way. Really? I, was, I thought he was a straight shooter. <laughs> Balzac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about him didn't strike you as evil? Okay, he had well, shifty eyes. Number one, and he's like, he wasn't. Well, I'm still not. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't. He turned out to not be. He was a pretty good guy. <laughs> that sucks. To be accused of being a rapist the entire movie and, a, and then be vindicated at the end. Yeah. Before your neck is snapped. <laughs> I wonder if that's what this whole movie is about. It, it really is just about oh vindicating God. bad people. Wait, so again, he's not a bad person. He didn't no, do anything. Historically, people who... Like, he's portrayed as somebody who raped her, and maybe she's carrying his kid, and that's why he wants to kill her or something like that. Because he's, like, trying to put her away, and she's like, don't let him touch me again. And then this movie's just like, you know when that happens? It's because the woman's a witch, and he's a good guy. <laughs> okay. Like, oh. oh, man. Should we just continue going through the movie in order? Because there's so many things that I just want to argue about about this movie. Go All ahead and right, argue about it right now. Okay, so there's a couple like obvious ways that this movie could have gone. Okay? Right. The first way is... That the ch- like the mainstream way probably for Hollywood is the church is bad. We all know that the Catholic Church especially and the Christian Church in general are wrong and foolish and bad. That's like Hollywood's right. like greenlit message for most of this kind of stuff. Sure. And I expected that, and then being like the witches aren't that bad. They're pretty cool. <laughs> Some of them aren't witches. The ones that are are actually right. Correct. Yeah. And um, the the men in the church are mistreating them, and that's why they're bad. Right. 
And that's what I thought was going to happen. And, and it starts leading into that. The church with the gets dis- their comeuppance. It starts leading into that with the dishonest priest at the very beginning of the movie, like implying that he's going to spare this girl. She confesses. Then he has her killed anyway. And it's like, okay, that's where we're going with this. That the church is bad. And, and he gets they're, hanged. They're being bad people. And the, so that, that would fit with what you're saying about Debalsack being like he rapes this girl that fits with that narrative yeah and that christopher lee and all these catholic people are diddling the boy kai you thought that he was getting done yeah which there was zero evidence of but you immediately were like well that's clearly happening here (laughs) well he was like the youngest clearly the youngest person in the room so he must be getting diddled everybody in this room feels gross and dirty so you're saying that Kai's getting abused, yeah, and that the the witch that they're moving to this town for a fair trial, that like these soldiers who've left the church are like the good guys who are protecting her from the evil church that's biased against right. her, and all of this fits with like the what could the be happening setup. there, yeah, and it would fit that they end up there and that she doesn't get a fair trial and that they save her and they take on the church or something. It's it ends up being that the church is actually the bad guy. And that they need to rescue the witch from being an evil, like, violent spirit because it's the church that turned her into that or whatever. That would make sense in be, like, a movie that we would expect to see. Can I can I tack on a little subtlety with sure. that? And and if it's if it's one of your other veins, then, then we'll just cut that out. I think I was also expecting, because there was this little duality that they were discussing in the movie, that, like, serving God and serving the church is not the same thing. Right, yeah. And so I I was kind of expecting that the church would be on the church side, the witches would be the victims, and Pearlmain and Baymain would be Mm -hmm. on the side of God, and they would do something holy uh, in rescuing the witches. And so I thought it was going to, like, be like a like a resolution of holy warfare that the crusades weren't holy warfare. Uh, witch hunting wasn't holy warfare. This is holy warfare, rescuing the marginalized from the overbearing abusive church. Sure. That's where I thought that this was going. And that would have been great. Yeah. So they just didn't do any of that. They, they did. They did some of all of them. No, they didn't (laughs) do almost any of it because the girl was lying. She wasn't even spoilers for the rest of the movie. She wasn't even a witch. She, she was, was the devil. She was a demon. She, she was, was a, a she was a winged, horned, evil demon spirit. And I don't like that he was like, I know what this is. She's not a witch. And like, okay, but you're gonna need to tell us what she is. And no, he doesn't. We're just left to figure it out. So I thought she was actually the devil. Don't think she was. I think she was a demon. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. I know it's just poorly written. No, and that upset <laughs> me. Like we shouldn't be made to try well, to Matt, figure it what out. What you're with talking about knowledge. happens about an hour and eight minutes into the movie. Thank goodness. And if you didn't realize an hour before that <laughs> this movie was poorly written, then I don't know what to tell you. You know what I did at about the 15 minute mark where I was able to predict every line of the movie because I understood the way the plot was going. Nicholas Cage is like, isn't there anybody who's ever been to Severac? And word for word, I go, well, there is one. And the ball sack says the exact same thing. Well, there is one. And then they get hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> the hamburger. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Played by Scarface. Yeah. So I feel like the point is that this movie chose oh, sorry. to. Also the line when the hamburger says, 
You didn't say anything about a witch. You did say that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, this movie chooses to say, like, the priest was right in the beginning because all of the women were witches. Yeah. And either way, that doesn't matter because witches will not come up for the rest of the movie. They, they do in conversation, but That's not true. in there's actual not a, impact on the rest of the plot. So maybe it's not a not season of witch after all. At all, in the rest of the movie. So, so that priest wasn't wrong. <laughs> and he's part of the priest at that place. That that happened at Similac, right? Did it? I didn't know that. I think that's where they were, because that's why you had the book to read the stuff that they needed to get, right? Uh, Well, he did have the book, but that book is destroyed. I think that that's the one that was like this, the penultimate, the second other oh. place that has it, because the... Uh, the witch that comes back to life, who spits the warm the the so, Dilophosaurus witch. Is that she where Christopher that... Lee lives then? No, I think it's just a different place. It's just a different town that <laughs> has nothing to do with the story. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Stupid. yeah, yeah. Remember, they actually say the name of it, and it's called the city of village. And I was like, the city of village, because <laughs> you remember yes. it said that. Yeah, so it's a d- totally different place. Stupid. It's the city okay. of village. So that happens, and that's not relevant. And then. Um, Christopher Lee isn't bad. There, there's potential for that to be something interesting. He's not a bad guy. He dies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone that wanted to kill this girl was right. Yep. The priest didn't diddle anyone that we know of. The Kai wasn't well, being we molested. We don't know that he didn't. I said that we know of Shanley. Okay. He could have been diddling up a storm, but we don't know about that. And maybe he diddlent. Ham the Hamburglar was right when he wanted to kill the lady in the middle of the forest. Yeah. Um <laughs> it, it just there's no point to any of this movie. Nope. She was bad the whole time. She was a demon. There's no witches and they died for no reason. Well, I feel like they really <laughs> tried to play up the mystery of is she like good or is she a witch? Because like they don't show her do anything. I mean she makes all the wolves attack them. Well, okay, well, I just meant... She can speak wolf. <laughs> she, they only really show her try to appeal to Nicolas Cage. They also show her rescue Kai. They do. Which see, is very yeah. confusing. So the source of her superhuman strength is that she's a demon, but she used that superhuman strength to rescue Kai. At the end of the movie, they resolve. They say everything that she did was to bring us here. Not saving Kai, though. There, there, there was nothing to that at all. There wasn't even, like, any sort of hint that she was sometimes in control of her own faculties and sometimes under the influence of the demon. Because at the end of the movie, when Nicolas Cage is like, we're going to both save the girl and defeat the demon, I was like, is there actually a girl or is it actually a demon? Like, there's really no explanation or any hints one way or another. And the thing with her rescuing Kai... I thought, I was like, oh, this means that even though she's possessed by a demon, that like she might be able to harness that strength and be and use demon strength for good things. Nope. <laughs> Not. We don't know why she saved Kai. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought this movie was going to choose to do something interesting. Um, <laughs> but and it, it didn't. did not. It chose <laughs> to do nothing interesting. It's just, yeah. uh, nope. nope, nothing. There's nothing here tricked you there's no witches and it was a demon the whole time and it, there's also there's this very clear um story arc for like the the salvation of 
Felton Felson? Felson. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't even joking that time. Felson and Bayman. But Felson's story doesn't come to any resolution. He's just set on fire and dies. Set on fire and dies is an interesting way to put it. He gets his ash what kicked. What I wrote down is the demon just killed Felton with its fire boner. <laughs> yeah, he did, huh? Because like, he wrapped it, it wraps its wings around him and then like thrusts its hips into him and then he catches on fire. So like that's what uh, just happened. Uh-huh. Yeah, the demon just banged him on fire. Yeah, that which is pretty cool. <laughs> which is how I want to go out. <laughs> he died doing what he loved. <laughs> He really did, because he loved horror. He was a bon vivant. Yeah, he uh, he says a earlier. Ron Viver. Uh, I'll talk about it later. He's in, he's reminiscing about prostitutes that he was into earlier on in the film, and I was I liked that. Yeah, where he's like, uh, she took an entire year's wage from you. Yeah, but she gave me way more. It. I was trying to avoid saying it because it was giving me my quote. Okay, but now it's, I can it's cut it out. No, it's fine. You said it. You better cut it out. <laughs> um, so what the hell, dude? Like, I, I love. I actually do love Ron Perlman in this movie, because in a movie where the plot is irrelevant and unnecessary, and nothing matters, and nothing important happens, and there's no relevant or exciting twists or I- interesting stuff happening, a guy who treats it that way is a hero. And Ron Perlman is yeah. that man. Okay. Yeah. He's the hero we need. Well, you remember when we were talking about this movie during the selection, you asked who the main character is, and I said that I'd gathered from the reviews that Ron Perlman's the main character. And that's not the case. It is definitely Nick Cage is the main. But I get why it comes out that way, because he has more charisma. He's he's doing the Ron Perlman thing. Yeah, he's and like, he's dude, I'm just here to kill people and, and hang out with my buddy. And, and to, to headbutt helmeted people with, yep. with my unhelmeted head. Yeah. He just, bang, bareheaded against an iron helmet. He's a fun dude. Kills, kills the other man. I think it's fascinating that he's, you know, it was a joke story. It's not necessarily literal. But they did sign up to be in the Crusades, probably for some religious purpose. Right. And yet, they're spending all of their free time in that having sex with prostitutes and drinking and he's nostalgic for that. He was like, oh, I miss when I used to give prostitutes all my money. Well, that's how they get you, Jimmy. It's a, it's like a Ponzi scheme. Yes. <laughs> so, like, every time you, you're in there, you keep upping your debt. That's a good idea. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit about Hagamar. Is that his real name? Hagaman. <laughs> Let's go with that. Yeah, so... Hagamain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Stephen Graham's character, I was very excited for him. He was kind of the wild card misfit of the crew, right? So you have the upstanding General Eckhart, who we didn't get to talk about very much. I hope we can get some more time in him. We have Pearlman, <laughs> Baymain, Okai, the ball sack, and... Just the ball sack. We're not even duh. Uh, And they're like, we have to bring on this scoundrel with us. And I was really excited for that. The first time they meet him, he's in the stocks. And he's like, I could draw you a map, but uh, 
I'm otherwise occupied right now. I'm like, okay, he's like a silly character. He's, um, I thought he was going to be like Izzy from The Mummy Returns. You know what I'm talking about? No. He's the guy who flies the dirigible. It's the flying uh, ship. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah okay. Or, or maybe Benny from The First Mummy. I thought he was going to be like just kind of this sleazy but comic relief. No, he's barely in the movie. Actually, he was absent from the movie for a long time. You remember? Yeah. What scene was that where he was completely gone? They were sitting around a fire, and then they all the were way like, through when Eckert dies. Yeah, they were like, I don't even remember him dying. What the hell happened? Okay, killed him. I like from them leaving the town to the wolf attack. I like don't remember <laughs> anything. I remember the bridge part. But I remember leaving the town, the bridge, and then the wolf attack. I do then, not remember anything else in between there. Yeah, there's a, there's a part where she escapes. It's it's the same night as the fire. Or that, that, Is that when she around. tells Bay Meng that she could tell he's not like the others? Mm, no, I, I think that's it's before that. <laughs> I don't know anything about this movie. <laughs> I definitely watched. And I was just like... Everything in it looks the same, yeah. Yeah. Especially the action scenes. It's dark, and they're in the woods, and Nicolas Cage is doing a terrible accent. (laughs) It's basically just him not using contractions, is like the extent of his accent. (laughs) Sorry. So continue with the the escape or the. Okay. Yeah. So they're around the fire. They decide that somebody has to stay up and keep keep eyes on the witch, and so Eckhart takes the first watch. Then Discrotum comes and like says, you can go to sleep now and I'll keep an eye on the witch. And she's like, no, don't let him touch me again. And then she stabs. I remember she that stabs to Belzac through the hand, the hand. And then she escapes and there, oh, she takes There is the key to the cage, like a crucifix. Yeah. So that's how she escapes. Handed. Well, went straight through his hand. Yeah. She escapes and she's running around a town. And for this entire scene, Hagamar is just not there. He's gone for like 10 minutes of the movie. He's completely absent. And in that time, she tricks Eckhart to thinking that Kai is his deceased daughter, which catches Kai by surprise and Kai stabs him through the gut and kills him. Which didn't really translate well when it happened. Like, why did Kai stab him? <laughs> like, Kai could see clearly who yeah. he was. What it would have made a little bit more sense is if Eckhart saw his daughter and Kai thought Eckhart was some sort of demon. The priest that was raping him. <laughs> yes. It, so, like, that they both thought it's each other were something. Christopher Lee's boner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't clear what was... He, no, just, he died. He's like he was standing right in front of him, and then Klaus or Kai just goes boom and just stabs him straight through the stomach. So, we, oh so no, should we just make like we should go through comb through all of our episodes and find things to take out of context, like me saying Christopher Lee's boner, <laughs> and just like a bunch of things like that, and make like a thirty the second super, super cut. <laughs> And then use that for promo. Like, check out this podcast and figure out why we and said these things. If you listen to the Weekly Watch, we'll hear things like Christopher Lee's boner. <laughs> Foot be a lady tonight. Yep. Yeah, maybe. That might be a good one. All right, sorry. So, 
And then there's a stupid rope bridge scene. Boy, I hate a rope bridge scene. Dude. I hate a rope bridge <laughs> Do scene. Do you really? They're all the same. You walk slowly across it, and then things start breaking, and Somebody then you go falls. faster. It, pro- the bridge will probably rip at the end. So this one was the worst, though. It was very similar to the one in The Phantom, though. No. They, they were also pushing uh, a wheeled vehicle on yeah, that one. but they didn't have horses in The Phantom. Well, the Phantom did. Yeah, but his horse's name was... Shadow. Fish. Yeah. Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Something dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I loved this rope bridge scene. Why? Because it was so stupid. Okay. Um, I hate using the notes app because everything just bleeds together. It's a lot harder to keep track of things. You don't format your notes well. You don't format your notes well. I all my notes are format. So Shanley, okay, so, <laughs> no. they, so they get so they get to this dumb no, bridge, right? Yeah, yeah. And does uh, Baymain go across first? I think so. Is he all the way across? Yes. And then he calls for them to set, bring the horses across one at a time, and for them to pull the the wagon separately. Well, so yeah, so so they get everyone's across and all the horses and then they go back across and they have like a the like a rope wrapped around a tree yeah. slowly letting the the guys wagon. that are pulling the wagon pull it because i guess like since it would go towards the middle fast they want to slow it down for some reason why do they want it to go slow maybe because it's on a slant and so if it goes too fast then they can't steer it Oh, oh yeah. and, and also because the the guys in the front are pulling it, and so if it picks up speed, then it's gonna it's gonna overtake them. They're in well, front they of the run. car. It's not that steep. I don't think it's gonna go that fast. <laughs> it's a pretty short bridge, and the middle isn't that far from the beginning. So, so I thought that right away that it's stupid that they're lowering, like slowly lowering the thing. And but yeah, okay. And even if they are doing that, then then they should have an extra person on the rope. And just one person steering it. They shouldn't yeah. have two people steering if it's that hard to hold on to it. But say so lose control of it, the thing rolls to the middle, and then they're like, okay, now we're going to get behind it and push it across. Why? Why didn't they just have the horses pull it across, everyone get off the bridge, leave the girl in the wagon in the middle of the bridge, tie a rope to the end of the thing, and have the horses that are on the land, not on the bridge anymore, just pull the rope with it across. Yeah, that would make sense. That's very logical, right? Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. It makes a crazy amount of sense. They did not do that. They pushed it. They pushed it just like a car that ran out of gas. <laughs> and then the rope breaks when they're off the bridge. Yep. <laughs> like they make it to the land and then the bridge, like the rope snap. Why would it snap if they were all off it? There's no more pressure on it. It wouldn't have snapped anymore, right? Exactly. Shanley? Yeah. Pretty that crazy, right? She was like, let me out. And they're like, nah. She's like, let me out because now the wagon is too heavy and I can help push. I'm like, the weight is going to be the same. Whether you're in whether you're in the wagon or you're behind the wagon in the, roughly the same area of the bridge, it's, it's the same. And also, you have powers. Why don't you just, just move? You just used your powers, just move the wagon with your powers and a hook. 
That actually would have been interesting. I just was thinking that. If they, like, made it clear, at least to the viewer, and maybe to, like, Felton or, or someone. Kai. That, like, she definitely saved them. Yeah. With, like, some powers. That would be interesting. And then that also would have paid off. What if they... the rope, like, unraveled and they're still on it, and the rope is disconnected and it's still holding up? Then they get across and then That's the bridge falls. That's what I meant by something with her powers. But, yeah. But, like... That would have been interesting then when we find out, oh, she was keeping them alive and they were arguing like, she saved us. Like, she's actually a good witch or something. But no, she just wanted to get to the castle to burn the books. What I don't get is if she's <laughs> an all-powerful demon, why couldn't she just go to Sivarak? Yeah. it's <laughs> a really good point. She could have just flown there with her wings. This movie sucks. <laughs> I'd like to try to justify some some kind of someone's like, like what was going on. It's like, I have no idea. I don't think the writers cared at this point. I think they did care, and that's what's sad. I think they did care about this movie. I just don't think it was very smart. It's very dumb. It is a dumb movie. Yeah, yeah this is a very stupid movie. So, so they definitely the the demon should have just burned the thing. Like, she already tried to kill them all with wolves, and we've already seen that she can just, like, set things on fire at the end. Well, we see it at the end of the movie. So why can't she just do that the whole time? And just go. It would have been interesting if they had at least had, like, some justification for why she's more powerful in that town. Okay, let's say that, like, a whole bunch of witches got hanged there. And so there's like more dark magic present there. That they've and so that makes her more powerful. And she absorbs them. Okay. And so like then she can go there, get those powers, then destroy all the religious stuff. Damn. That would have been somewhat interesting. We're writing so much of a better movie. Damn. We should okay. remake this movie. So, also, riddle me this, right? In the end, we find out that she can let out little demons, right? The that cute little tiny little demons. <laughs> that can possess even... What are those things called in Harry Potter, Shanley? The blue things that fly around. Pesky, pixie, pixie, pestinomy. Maybe like little pixies? The, I don't think so. I think there's more of a name to it than that. Pixie little blue sticks. things? Yeah. Wake up, Shanley. Um, the ones with Lockhart. Yep. I, I don't know what they're called. Damn it. Okay, but let me get back to this, okay? okay then like, so we uh, find out. What are the little toys that fly around called? Little, oh, little, like the, the little little ballerina <gasps> and they fly. Little... Yeah, well... sky dancers. <laughs> they look like sky dancers. She woke up for that. <laughs> they look, the little demon things yeah. look like sky dancers. So she can she can let out little sky dancers who can possess even dead bodies to do her bidding, right? Yep. Why doesn't she kill the people who've arrested her mm-hmm. and then control them to take her where she's going? Yeah, or. Just kill them and then go on her own. <laughs> yeah, well, ride a wolf, right? Or many wolves to pull the mm. wagon. I was thinking maybe she didn't know the way to get there. You know, like in Sonic the Hedgehog, oh. where he's like, "Sure, I could run there, but I don't know how to get there, so I have to sit in this car with you." Okay, or like Pirates of the Caribbean. Hmm. There uh, were some Pirates of the Caribbean vibes in this movie, though. Well, they can't get to the the island. Oh, because only Jack knows how to get there because of this yeah. compass. Yeah. Similar Isla to Nublar, I think, is what it was called. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, this movie's dumb. And, and so they have the they have the wolf fight, and that CGI for the wolves oh my was God. so bad. So I didn't 
I didn't really want to just pick on the CGI for this movie because this is a $40 million movie, which is somewhat of a meager budget, especially that it has named actors in it, including Christopher Lee. So that's a pretty that's a pretty small budget. I didn't want to just pick on the CGI because whatever. We get what, they're, what they mean. But <laughs> the CGI with the wolves was so bad that I didn't understand what was going on because there was supposed to be... The wolves like snarling. Yeah, they're walking it, through Wormwood Forest, and it's all dark. And these wolves show up, and I kept thinking they were turning into like werewolves or something. Yeah, it, it's like there was a transition that was missing in the animation, so it looked like they were transforming into something more evil, but they were actually just moving their faces. <laughs> I think they just had like animation of like a like a wolf, like standing there, and then, and then they, they needed it each. to look scarier, and, so and they, they made like, a terrible. It, it, yeah. Scary face, and it, it, and it doesn't not have any transition. Looking. Yeah, huh? Yeah, it was yeah. Bad. I totally thought it was supernatural too, but I guess they're just trying to make it look like the wolves were like. Snarling. I think they couldn't get yeah. the wolves to look scary enough. And then I realized, and they reused the exact same like animation, animation yeah. like four or five times in this scene. And what's messed up is they're like, Hagamar gets attacked by all the wolves, and he he's three feet away from them, being attacked by. Six wolves, maybe. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's too late now. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. You guys just killed a bunch of wolves. He's right next to you. At least grab him. Or why didn't they just climb up on top of the cage? Wolves can jump onto a cage, but then they have the high ground. Mm, that's true, and that's all you need. It is. You can delimb anything attacking you if mm-hmm. you have the high ground. I wrote in my notes. They should have called it Wolfwood. <laughs> 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 So going back to the bad CGI, I feel Uh like they kind of used the same wolf effect on the witch when she became like a full-on demon. Oh, yeah. Because I have that, like, she was making like... Like the the morphing effect. The morph, but then also I have uh, a note that says growl noises without her making a growl face. Like, so I feel like to show that she was like vicious... And dangerous, and it wasn't get, lining up. She wasn't making any kind of face or action that she's making the noise. But every time they showed her, they kept make like you'd hear a growling noise that didn't look like she was making. Just to prove, oh yeah, she's like oh, a okay. scary. Yeah, beast. no, I do know what you're talking about. This is this is the scene, especially when the cage is melting. Yes, and you just hear all the growling. Yeah, yeah, it might even be the same audio. I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I do think it's hilarious, just before we get into the final set of the movie, the the town of Similac, they say the distance that they're traveling Thank you. is, uh, like on a map, they're like, it's this, uh, for, it was like 800 leagues or something, mm-hmm. and I looked it up, and that equates to about, what was it? 1,200 miles. 1,200 miles, <laughs> which is... a pretty much exactly the distance from seattle to san diego (laughs) that's like it's like 50 miles difference right so they did that in like three days yeah (laughs) give or take that's insane but they talk about it like we traveled so long that's like did you (laughs) but and it's all through the forest yeah is there a forest in europe That's longer across than Seattle to San Diego. Yeah. Wolfwood. Wolfwood. You know, big old Wolfwood in Europe. The big bad Wolfwood. That's where you get that expression. They'd have to go from, like, uh, Europe 
to Europe. Wow. I don't know You're... Europe well enough. Shanley, you know Europe. Is there enough? Is there twelve hundred miles in a straight line anywhere in Europe? Sure. Really? I feel like on globes and shit, Europe's pretty small. Hmm. I don't think you could walk that far. I don't know about that. Yeah, well, I feel like it's possible. <laughs> well, when you're up, you're up. And when you're down... When in Rome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so after Hagamar dies, Nicolas Cage is like, I'm done. I'm going to kill this witch. And Felsen's like, no, don't do it. We've come so far. We're almost there. And then I made the joke. I was like, look, there it is. And then he goes, behold. <laughs> it really was right there. Like, like we, could, we could see it now. And there's the perfect break in the trees. <laughs> yeah. So they walk right up to the door. And I I did think it was kind of cool that when they got there that everybody in the city was already dead by the plague. That was neat. I liked that. I At this point in the movie, I was wondering how come nobody in the fellowship gets the plague. And I guess it's because she was keeping... She wasn't giving them the plague because their mission was to bring her there. That'd be cool if they would have, uh, if they would have emphasized that. Because, look, they, they get up close and personal with a grip of people with the plague. And Christopher Lee's, like, this pestilence is everywhere. But nobody in the Fellowship gets it. Like, I know she ended up actually being a demon. But do we know for sure that she, like, set the plague on them? Yeah, because the 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 end narration is uh, the girl whose name comes to be Anna. She goes, people think the plague was just a sickness, but the truth is this season of the witch. <laughs> so she oh, really wow. was, the demon really was bringing the plague. A stupid movie. <laughs> it is a stupid movie. So when they get there to Severac and it's revealed that she's a demon and it's semi-revealed that... Debelzac is not really De a discrotum. Debelzac, <laughs> the ballsack. Uh, that he's not actually a rapist. I feel like they should have leaned into that a little bit more. Oh my god! What? Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out a, a relevant distance in Europe that they could be traveling. Okay, but Which... you could walk from. You could travel from Paris to Rome. And it would be 400 miles less than their journey. <laughs> so they're traveling 400 miles. For, they're going across like multiple countries. Where the hell? What is this stupid walk that they're doing? And, it, make, and it's clearly in the same culture, too. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they're not going to a foreign land. Yeah. I'm starting to think they didn't think this movie through. It's a dumb movie. <laughs> they took the scenic route. They're like, who's going to look it up? No one's going to check our math. We're good. Who's even going to watch this movie? <laughs> I definitely got the sense that they it's thought no one was watching. situation? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, what were you guys just talking about before? I that? was saying that once it's revealed that DeBelzac is not actually a rapist, mm -hmm. that they should have... I feel like they should have given that as much attention as they were giving that he was a rapist before. I don't think it was as bland. Like I, I, I immediately was like bullshit <laughs> when when she accused him. I was suspicious. Okay. Uh, 
and you immediately were like, yep, definitely. That guy's a creep. I knew it the whole time. I think because I was expecting something better of the story. Is it because you were raised in the Catholic church? <laughs> he also had kind of a rapey haircut. Well, that's He's just a what, monk. That's just what their monks, hair looked yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's a bowl cut with, with, the, the, top, with the top, with the top, cut top missing. The bowl. <laughs> it's like a pineapple so, slice. It's a, a rim drop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not because I was raised in the Catholic Church, but you know, the what church? The Catholic <laughs> again church. Uh, it's not because of that, but I think it is because I'm a Christian man, and it's really important to me as a follower of Jesus to be able to parse through my faith in theology versus the things that I denounce that the church has done and that Christians have done. So, like I. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it that this movie affected me in any particular way. <laughs> but when they're having the witch trials in the opening scene, I was like tearing up because it's like, this is terrible. Like this stuff actually did happen. But fortunately, by the end of the movie, I felt better about it because, nice. because they were right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so I think that that's what that was the mindset that I was in because mm-hmm. she's like he was touching me. And then also she's talking to the other people in the group and he's like, hey, you shouldn't talk to her don't let her know anything about you because she'll make up lies. And it's like, this guy's pretty rapey. Yeah, so I think that that was the mindset that I was in. I was also just, I gave this movie a little bit more credit than it deserved, and it proved that it didn't deserve that credit. This movie was so meandering and didn't know what it was doing that there was hints to a much better story than what was told. There's, There's like the opportunity for a pretty cool right i mean we've just come up we've we've come up with five or six better versions i do wish there was more witches i wish that there was i think they needed more interesting encounters along the road you know i thought the others gonna be more ghouls yeah if this was like a two and a half hour movie with like interesting like side adventures popping up and shit yeah and actual witches being around and it could have been pretty cool. You know, another thing that I thought was going to happen was when we started seeing supernatural phenomena happening to the crew, I thought that maybe the girl was not going to turn out to be the witch and Debelzak was going to be some demonic sorcerer or you the did devil. Say that. Because, again, thematically, that would have been really powerful because it's like this victimizing of of women through history when you know men are guilty of so many crimes because they've been in power a lot of the time through history and so i i was like keeping a close eye on him because i thought there was going to be some clues that anytime it looks like she's doing something the reality is that he's the one manipulating the situation but no (laughs) that also didn't happen why did they assume that the demon was a man right away like before she even stopped looking like a lady before they saw it with the wings on the roof. And the man's voice. They were just like, where is he? Like, what do you mean he? <laughs> was it a dude automatically? Yeah. It was sexist, right, Shanley? Yep. Wake up, dude. We're so close. Mm-hmm. Come on, it's sit up. just mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Remember from the movie? She didn't, she's not even well, awake yeah. enough to process right that. There's lots of rack down that rod. <laughs> Um, I got really close to watching a, a picking a movie that had um, that guy, whatever his name is, I forget. Ed Gein. <laughs> That's that his name. 
So they get to the town. They're they're like, oh, it's somehow. How did they even know it's a demon? Shanley. They. She just becomes a demon. No, no, that is not true. <laughs> that they, is true. They start. They realize that she's a demon instead of her being a witch, and they, he flips the pages in the book. Uh, the Balsack flips pages and he starts doing an exorcism instead of doing whatever witch uh, incantation they were gonna do. <laughs> they were gonna dewitchify her, and then instead they did an exorcism. Matt, do you know why? I just wanted to get Shanley to snap out of her corned beef coma. Corned beef coma is not a bad one. <laughs> it's, it's, I think we can do better, but it's not it's bad. Not bad. Right. It's not bad. Um, the reality, Jimmy, is that it wasn't shown very well. It's just... it. Kind well, there of... is a reason that they go, oh, snap, she's actually a demon. It's because she transforms. No, 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 no. Because she's still a girl when she starts burning the cage. I think that's where she Nicholas Cage? <laughs> she's in the cage. They're doing like a witch thing. And then she's like talking to them. And she starts being, she starts doing the voice of the guy. their like commander from the Crusades. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And saying what he was saying about them doing stuff. And then someone at some point, I thought I missed something, but maybe not. Somebody is just like, oh, wait. She, how could she know that? She's actually a demon. That's exactly how it happens in the movie. Okay, well, that's dumb. I know. <laughs> Felsen, yeah. it, it, that is two separate people. Felsen says, how how could she know that? And then Debelzak says, she's not a witch. And then he flips the pages. There's some really good cage-on-cage cage action in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you guys feel about this final scene? Like, they... They're going well, through. There's so much crammed into this ending. Yeah, they. I. I don't really want to talk about anything other than when they're getting ready to fight the demon, and Kai, who's in this movie, by the way. God damn it! <laughs> damn you, Matt. Oh, you were you gonna bring this up? You're just do it. I'll let I'll let no, you take no, it. No, no, it's fine. So, Kai wants to fight, but Nick Cage is like. Kai, you need to get out of here. You're a little you're boy. Young. You're just a little tiny baby boy. <laughs> and you need to get out of here. And Kai is like, no, man, please. I want to fight. I want to have honor. And he's like, all right, well, then get down on your knees. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> tell me you love me. What authority did Nicolas Cage have to, like, to knight, knight him? him? <laughs> I don't know. Or whatever he was trying to you, do? All he, you have to do is own land. And a sword? If you own if you own land and titles, you can knight people. Dolly Parton. Sorry. For our listeners who don't know what happened there. Uh Celebrity Jeopardy, Saturday Night Live, famous titles. Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah, so so he's he's he gets on his knees before the Bay Main. Yeah, and then um, he says Nicholas what is Cage. clearly a knighting ceremony speech, 
that was written by the people who wrote the rest of this movie. That's right. They yeah. did not get this from anywhere. Historically, so this, is, no. this is their own creation. What I will say that I liked, though, is that Felsen, Ron Perlman, can't help but like mutter the prayer or whatever it is. This 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 speech, the ceremony, I guess, under his breath because he's heard it. It was pro- it was spoken over him, and he's probably heard it a bunch of times on the battlefield. I thought that was kind of cool, sort of. Uh, but there was some weird analogies in that ceremony, wasn't there, Jimmy? Do you want- what? There was some weird analogies in that ceremony. Yeah. Do you want to say it? No, you can do it. <laughs> so, the final line that's spoken is that I may crush thine enemies as dust in the wind. <laughs> and, and and so then Kai repeats that. He says it too. Yeah, you can crush thine enemies like dust in the wind. Yeah. And then the, the movie keeps going. But then I, J- I, I like it better the way that it's said, so I'm going to jump in and Go say ahead. it again. Please do. But it's, you will crush thine enemies as dust before the wind. <laughs> and the movie keeps going after that, but then Jimmy and I were just like... Wait, what? <laughs> what the hell does that like, mean? That doesn't make any sense. Do his dust, dust crushed before, before the, wind? the wind? I don't think dust can be crushed. I don't so, think. I was so annoyed by that that I looked it up. And it seems to be taken from Isaiah 29.5. Okay, what is Isaiah 29.5? Which 5? says, But the multitude of your enemies will become like fine dust, and the multitude of the ruthless ones like the chaff which blows away and it will happen instantly and suddenly. Okay. I know that I'm a man of the Bible, so maybe I'm being biased here, but I feel like that makes sense. It makes more <laughs> sense for sure. But you don't crush something like dust before the wind. Yeah, neither wind nor dust are strong. I I don't I don't see where he's going with this. And neither one really seems to have any Effect on damaging the effect on the other that, yes that's <laughs> yeah. what i'm trying to get at weird it's a stupid line and then it's a very long action sequence that i it is amazing that after such a dumb movie that a line like that could make both of us pause and be like <laughs> okay this was extra dumb <laughs> like it's, it's supposed to be such a cool triumphant scene yeah of him being like knighted and also why do we care if he's knighted or not they like, yeah they they really didn't give us any reason to think that that mattered you know, I feel like if they made some sort of ceremony in the beginning where like they were knighted as like God soldiers and had like extra ability to fight evil or something or like demonic forces or like evil spirits or something. And so they were doing that to this guy, like asking God like to bestowing. give him like extra yeah. like ability to fight the forces of evil. Like that right. would have been maybe interesting. But no, it's just like we're going to make you a knight, I guess. <laughs> That'll be cool. <laughs> if we still survive this, people have to call you sir. <laughs> you know, I don't think Robert Sheehan is young enough for this role in this movie. You know, maybe all of this would be a little bit more impactful if he wasn't clearly a 26-year-old man. <laughs> like, maybe if he was, like, 15 or something, then I'd be like, dang. Like, okay, they're making him a knight, and he's going to go out there. He's going to risk his life. But at, at this age, he seems perfectly fine and capable to fight in war i guess i know you seem pretty small 
seems small, but not young. Yeah. Shaley? I I just don't understand. Well, you guys love this guy. So how okay. do you feel about his presence in the movie, Shanley? He was cool. He was... I feel like he was lovable in his naivety. Like he was just an innocent little baby. With Jerry Girls. Yeah. I don't think he looks that young. He's clearly younger than these 60-something-year-old apparently athletic warrior men. Yeah. But he seems like a man. He seemed like he just, he's becoming a man. Um, he needs to, you know, like, make his mark. I thought he was going to fall in love with the witch girl, too, and then she was going to mm -hmm. fall in love with him. That also didn't happen. I thought for sure she was going to fall in love with Nicolas Cage because Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have made sense just along the logic of that you're saying there. Yeah. I do love this guy. He's Klaus. I like him. Love Klaus, but I don't care for him. He doesn't. He's not bad in this. He's just. You're right. He's not bad in this, but he does a ridiculous personality so well. So for a quieter, more timid character, I guess I don't even say timid is fair, but just not a very outspoken Anything. character. Yeah, it's just kind of boring. Cause, so I know him as Klaus from Umbrella Academy. Of course you do too, Shanley. But mm -hmm. did you say you know him from something else too? Um, he was in a show called Misfits. We used to watch that on what Hulu. What is that? It was like back when Hulu was just getting started. We watched that. Yeah. It was like 2010 or 11 or something like that. This was 2011. Well, this is like a UK show. Um, Season were they like Sheen. superheroes? Yeah, basically it's a bunch of delinquents. They are on like trash duty or whatever. Like they're picking up. Trash like community on the side service? Of yeah, they're doing community service. And something happens, they end up all getting superpowers. Nice. And so he plays a very similar character to Klaus, though. Okay. This very outspoken, ridiculous kind of character. I like so. that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Not in this, though. He didn't do much. So anyway, they, I guess, Nicolas Cage said, oh, okay, wait, wait, before, so back to the battle, everybody dies. Debalsack gets his head turned around. Oh my god, we back to it. I guess we didn't get started this with is, it. That happens after what we were just talking about, <laughs> it's way later. Okay, so, Klaus is, Kai is knighted, and then, is there something next you want well, to talk Well, then they about? go into the building, and they see all the priests... That are chained to desks where they're copying the Book of Solomon. Right. Um, and then the demon is on the ceiling and it starts setting everything on fire. There's a bunch of them, right? Well, she possesses the dead bodies. The little tiny little demons mm -hmm. go inside tiny all the little priest's uh, dead right. bodies. They were crawling on the ceiling. Oh, you did not like that. I did not. <laughs> and Ron Perlman said they're, they're like little cockroaches. The priests? Yeah. 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 I at that point I looked up. I was like, "Are there cockroaches in England?" Apparently, they are. They're everywhere. The German cockroach is like the most common cockroach. That's what I read yesterday. Mm -hmm. You, sir, know your cockroaches. I know my roaches, <laughs> and the Oriental roach, which I think is offensive. Yeah, but yeah. that's what they want to be called. <laughs> um. <laughs> so. Honestly, it's it's just vague 
generic fighting action yeah. scene. I don't Let's just kind of popcorn that. our way through this. They fight the the demon and the priest zombies. Yeah. But what's what's relevant in here? Well, Debelzak is killed. So that pissed me off. Did it upset you? That his head was turned around? That the demon pops up behind him while he's doing the the exorcism prayer thing. Mm-hmm. And it snaps his neck. And Instead of I thought the that the whole point of the statement. So when she said, don't let the priest touch me, I immediately was like, oh, yeah, like they like holy things touching like evil demon stuff is like painful oh. to them. So that was where I went. And you were like, I was like, oh, that's what's up. Like, that's, that's what's why happening she says, here. Don't let him touch me again. But it doesn't make sense because she just snaps his neck like nothing matters. So I don't think that's even... what she was saying. I think she was accusing him of having raped her. I don't think so, man. I think you just jumped onto that. Because People they don't even really... Rape. You jumped all over it. They don't even really, like, mention it again. I think that maybe... I mean, I think she's implying that, maybe. I think that that's what's happening. She's implying that. But I don't think... I agree. It's not super clear that they believe her. Because I did write when they, she first says that. I was like, literally... No one even talks about it. Not even like away from Debalzak. They don't be like, hey man, I think he might have raped her. Like there's no conversation. They're just like, yeah. well, let's all continue with the journey. So um, I don't really have a right to say this. So Shanley, let me know if I'm, I'm wrong here. Okay. But this movie just seems like a stupid man wrote it. Like that he's like trying trying to be sort of feminist. But... Did you get that set at all that it was like a little bit of uh, a guy stepping out of his realm here? Or am I tripping? No, I I mean, yes. Maybe it's sexist to me, but I don't think that a woman would write something as idiotic as this. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I'm talking about is like there's Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman, predominantly Nicolas Cage, who are trying to rescue this woman, right? But yeah. they treat her like crap through the whole thing, even though they're also trying to rescue her. Like in the beginning, when when they uh, are transferring her from the dungeon for the first time, she pops up and she's like fighting all of them. And Ron, Ron Perlman just belts her across the back of the head and just knocks her out. Yep. And then later on in the movie, I think when she's escaping, I think again, Ron Perlman like picks her up and like throws her against the wall and knocks her out. And it's like, uh. Are we, like at this point, we're not even sure if she's actually a witch or a demon or whatever, and they're just ragdolling her all over the place. I mean, I I do feel like that was the only like their kind of treatment of her. I don't know. I feel like that was the only thing that made me feel like, oh, they're they they are trying to keep some kind of mystery. Like, is she actually a witch or is she actually an innocent woman who's upset? Of being imprisoned and is latch, you know, latching out because that's the only way she can try to escape. And so it's like, I don't know, is she? What's the truth here? Is she like? I I do feel like she was like playing mind games with Nicolas Cage, and it's like, is she playing games with him because she's actually a witch, or she just sick of dealing with all these men? And he's obviously the easiest. To manipulate because he keeps like going for it. I also don't think he uh. was though. I think like Eckhart would would have probably been the one to keep alive. I don't know why True. she had him get killed. 
he was the one who was like on her side the entire time. I guess. Oh, I think I may have figured it. She had him killed because he was the one who wanted to set her free. Right. And so she, she killed... didn't want to be set free because she wanted to go to Severac. And her whole point of going to Severac was to access that last book because mm-hmm. all the others were destroyed. Yeah. So she has fire powers, right? She sets all the yeah. books that they're writing, the copies that they're oh, making yeah. on fire. How come she can't mind. set the other one on fire? And she sets Ron Perlman on fire with her boner. Right. Ron How Perlman. She... Um, yeah, I wrote that down. I was like, why can't she just set the, the main copy on fire? Why can't she set the whole building on fire? They, there's she that can part in the cage. She can burn they collect all, all this holy water. Remember when they do that? They don't use that in the fight, do they? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Maybe they douse that book in holy water so it can't be set on fire. That would have been something that could have happened. Did you guys? Only it didn't. There were two things in this book that I was like, damn, I've always wanted that. One of them is a hooded cloak. Uh, like when they're entering the, the town with Christopher Lee. Um, you're talking about the movie in the movie. Yes. Okay. So you said there was something in this book. So I was There's, thinking the book of Solomon. Oh, sorry. Book I mean, in movie. the movie. There's two yeah. things in this movie that I've always wanted. One of them is a hooded cloak. We the other is a super cool old timey like book that has, has stones like on it? metal and stones <laughs> in the cover and is like all crazy. Like how cool would that be? It'd be very, and cool. like all the pages have like, gold leaf like painting inside them yeah there's like drawings on every page that are like reflective and metallic like damn that's cool so he talks about how this movie opened up with the like witch inquisition right but i don't think we talked about how I think it was very... more of a witchuation <laughs> it, yeah sure why not a hexecution <laughs> <laughs> that one's not bad no i'll <laughs> give you that one <laughs> thanks but the actual first thing we see is like a storybook kind of thing. Oh yeah, I forgot. About Where that. I guess it is like the the it's, Bible or the Book of Solomon or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I thought it, it made me think of Shrek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I totally thought it was gonna open up with like a Once Upon a Time. There was a man from the bay. Yeah. His name was Bayman. <laughs> Dude. I kind of want to write a script about a superhero from the hyphy movement called Baymain. <laughs> okay, we'll get back to that. He's got a Baymain mobile. He has a scraper. The power of the bay. He can be gross brown water that no one wants to eat anything out of. Or swim it. Or swim it. <laughs> oh, and then uh, I actually did like what ends up happening after uh, when Debalzak dies, after the castration, if you will. But so, I asked this, but I don't think I got an answer. Did it bother you guys that they kind of imply that, like... I didn't. That she can't touch a holy person and then she just does? No, I did answer that. I didn't... didn't, You didn't interpret that as what was happening? No, but that's smart. That would have been cool. Yeah, well, it's not... Yeah, that would have made more sense, but I feel like I totally took it the way you did, Matt, where it seemed like, oh... Kind of seems like rape insinuation. Yeah, that I like what you what you're saying. That would have been smart. That she can't touch him because he's holy. Yeah, yeah. That, I guess that wasn't the case though. We we all had better ideas than mm-hmm. what actually happened. I, do- I gotta give him credit. 
I would have never come up with the way that they kill Felton. And I like the fire boner death. That's the that's genius. And yeah. I would have never come up with that. Genius, genius. Yep. Is that Mr. Deeds? Yes. <laughs> okay. uh, do you kill your Felson with a crayon, Deeds? <laughs> I liked what happened after he died. My thought was that Nicolas Cage was going to pick up the book and finish reading it. Again, as a symbol that like he serves God even though he doesn't serve the church. But what happens in it, I actually liked more. Kai picks it up because he's an altar boy. Mm. We haven't actually said that in this. So he can read and, and That's why you Latin. thought he was getting diddled. <laughs> that is, I mean, yeah. all of this together. And I do think he's too old. He had a mustache. I think he's too old to be an altar boy. <laughs> he that they called him altar useful. boy. He was a grown man. No, I know he was. I'm just saying, <laughs> he, you know, your argument that he should have been a younger actor. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you might be right. I think they it would have been weird if they had some 11 year old boy following them, but it might have made more sense. I think maybe a little bit older than 11, you know, um, 13, something, honestly, something like that, you know, in sleepy hollow, there's the, there's like his right hand man's name's Mesbeth. He's a little boy. Hmm. Do you know, mm-hmm. not know that movie very well, Shanley? No, no, I can well. imagine him. Yeah. So th- I think that that's what you need. You need like a teenager, like who, a Shia LaBeouf type. Sure. Depending on what year you're talking about. In 2011? I don't know how old he was in 2011. 2022. Okay. <laughs> Probably not, though. <laughs> he still plays young. He sure does. And old. Mm. Like in Honey Boo Boo, his movie. You know that movie he's in called Honey Boo Boo? Nope. I think it's Honey Boy. Okay. Kai is the one who finishes the incantation because he's an altar boy. He can read and speak Latin. I thought that was cool. And then he and Anna end up being the only ones who survive. And they uh, they bury Felsen, Debelzak, and, and... Bang, man. Bang, man. Yep. <laughs> and he's overlooking the bang, man. Uh, Were you, so I was pretty upset. I already forgot that Eckhart was even on this journey. But I was pretty upset that they didn't make a grave for the Hamburglar. Because he was right. He didn't do it like he, they they turned on him because he was like, I want to kill the girl. But like he should have. She was and a di- demon. You know, but they should have killed her. Directly after Hagamar dies, Nicolas Cage does the same thing as a result of Hagamar's death. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like within 20 minutes. Yes. He's, he's, like, he's like, Hagamar was right. <laughs> it's terrible. So, but my point is that they, they should have made him a grave. And if the argument is that, like, he didn't die, they didn't have, like, his body to bury or whatever, they didn't have Felton's body to bury. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they do make so a grave So they make an empty grave for him. They didn't make two more for Eckhart and Hamburglar. They did, they did make shady. a grave for Eckhart. There's you, only three graves. When he died. You missed they when made he one died. Earlier? Yeah. <laughs> so, so they just don't like the Hamburglar. No, they don't. That's crazy. Hmm. That's fine. I forgot that Felson doesn't have a body. <laughs> That's hell of funny. I feel like maybe it's because he kept disappearing. You know, like he was part of the group, but he wasn't part of the group. Yeah, he's like <laughs> one of the guys, but like he's not. One like he's like, hey, you're they, my boy, but you, but you ain't my boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> like I f's with y'all, but I don't really f with y'all. <laughs> We cool. I get it. But we're not cool. 
Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody put beer in my Brita filter. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> That's Atlanta. Yes. By the way. Um, <laughs> it's really good. So I was pretty annoyed. Putting beer in a Brita filter is really good writing because it is outlandish and ridiculous, but not for a party. Like, it makes yeah. perfect sense. Or for, like, an experiment. me. I would do that not at a party. I can't believe I haven't done that yet. <laughs> See who comes out at the yeah. other side. Um, <laughs> so. Wait. So at the, um, at the end of the movie, they're standing over the three graves. Wait, is what I was no, to get this at. is before that. Really? Yes. There's something more to talk about. Yes. Okay. Right before that. So when Bayman is dying mm-hmm. after getting stabbed by the demon. Oh, yeah. Um, that's ha- that happens. And Kai is like, sees him and they kill the demon. And he's like, Bayman, <laughs> what can I do? And what it do? <laughs> uh, Nicholas Cage, Bayman, <laughs> looks at Kai and he says, that could also be how occasion says Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Well, Papa, not that. So, so Kai says, Batman, what can I do? And Batman says, keep her safe. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. then dies. That's his final request is not like, oh, like plug up my demon wing holes. <laughs> And help me not die. Is to keep the girl safe. Who cares? Why do you want to keep the girl safe? She yeah. was probably goofing around with witchcraft. And then got possessed by a demon. You know? She was a good Christian girl. That wouldn't have happened. Mm. So I don't know. And why do they? Why is he so attached to this girl? It was a demon the whole time. He doesn't even know this girl. I know. Why are they yeah. so worried about keeping her safe? And that's what I mean. Like I think they needed to do a little bit more of like a separation between her powers and her personality there's every earnest situation she has with the character suspicion is thrown on it Mm -hmm. it's like hey you shouldn't talk to her because she's evil and part of you is like okay he's making debelzak is saying that just to discredit her but you're walking along the story that where where you have to take into consideration maybe she is evil and it turns out she is evil so we've not seen the genuine Anna character at all in the movie, not a single time. Yep. And and if we have, they she was didn't. A demon the whole time. Yeah. She doesn't remember anything. Right. Right. <laughs> she ends up naked. You remember when she ends up naked? Yeah. And, and slippery. And wet. <laughs> I literally put in my notes. Why is she naked? And why is she wet? That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, that's a good reference, family. Thank um, you. What is that a reference to? Uh, the Proposal. Maybe with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. Another movie. He's in his room and she gets out of the shower and they bump into each other. Mm-hmm. And she says, why are you naked? And he says, why are you wet? And it's very funny. Good job, um, Shanley. I just wrote down naked wet girl. <laughs> so no no real point to that. Just it happened and I wrote it down. I did think it was very Danny DeVito in Always Sunny when, when he climbs out of the, the couch it could be the wet couch one uh, but also there's an episode where he's like grossed out by body hair and he like shaves himself he thinks it's unclean and he's like covered his body in hand sanitizer and he's like crawling around on the floor wet and naked 
in hand sanitizer, <laughs> like a slime trail behind him. <laughs> it's really gross. So it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, okay. Okay, so so she's there. And what were you going to say? You were trying to lead somewhere after the funeral. All I'm just saying is there. she's standing over the three graves and she's like, I, how can I owe so much to somebody I barely met? And I was like, I don't know if you do owe that much to Nicolas Cage. I, I don't think that he, he didn't contribute more to her salvation than anybody else in the group. And he was just as doubtful of her as anybody else in the group. Like it just felt mm-hmm. really forced. Yeah. And she's like, and my name is Anna. And at that point I was like, we didn't know that we didn't know your name. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not come up before. Like, <laughs> you know, now that you mention it, I didn't know your name, but, uh, okay. I guess <laughs> too late at this point. I guess it just kind of like, it, do- it doesn't make any sense. But it feels like a Nicolas Cage movie where he is always a hero. Yeah. No matter what. And I feel like it should be that the girl falls in love with him. But if not, then she's still at least very appreciative of whatever the heck it is that he did. Yeah, he was like a father figure to her. For She put her tiny hand in his. (laughs) Um, I... So, yeah, at the funeral, she says, like, how can I owe so much to someone who I don't know or whatever? And then she asks Kai to tell her about them. She says, will you promise to tell me about them or something like that? And he's like, okay. But he's also only known them for, like, two days. That's very true. So they should be like, I don't really know him, dude. I'm just a little boy. I'm just a little (laughs) tiny little boy. (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) But so that happens, and then immediately after that is the end of the movie. Yeah, the voiceover. Like, one second later, a voiceover starts of her, and it concludes with her saying, "Uh, like she's like, people will say that it was just a a, a disease that like a a fever that passes, and you know, whatever, or that that breaks in time or something like mm-hmm. that." Um, but and she's like, but uh, I will tell their story. I was there. I know. And like, that's the end of her whole monologue there. It's like, you weren't there. <laughs> you, you don't know. The last thing you said <laughs> was asking someone else to tell you what happened. And now you're saying that you're going to tell the story because you were there and you know. You don't know shit. That should have been Kai's like narration at the end it should have been his voiceover (laughs) or they could have just not added the thing where she doesn't remember anything yeah (laughs) there's so many choices she doesn't remember anything she asked the guy who also doesn't know them to tell her about them never before i'm gonna tell everyone (laughs) never before has so many consecutive decisions been the absolute wrong one (laughs) you know in a movie it's like if they would have just done this this would have made sense every time (laughs) wrong decision yeah the 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 last of my notes is so holy war and witch hunts were good then <laughs> that's the next um my, my final note was she didn't know <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. uh shaley what was your last note it's not fun but one of my second to last note was her name is Anna. <laughs> nice. I was really um, taken by surprise uh, the twist ending, the big reveal at the end of the movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
the fact that there was no ads. Yes, <laughs> that was great. That was a pleasant Highlight surprise. Highlight of the movie. Free with ads. And IMDb they forgot. TV on Amazon, free with ads. They forgot Zero ad ads. breaks. Like, it, I think what it was is like, hey, did you put the ad breaks on Season of the Witch? Like, oh, we'll get around to it. Don't even worry about it. It releases tomorrow. It's fine. We'll get around to it. And just forgot because they didn't think anyone would watch this movie i assumed that it was that like advertisers elect like what things they want to pay <laughs> to put their they advertising on and no one was like we're not going to pay to be included on that and no one's going to watch that that might be the case that was funny yeah they have like you could choose which tier of our um like products you want to have your ads show on here's this platinum is the... gold <laughs> what's that uh brown one down there uh, that's season of the witch. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only one on that tier. That is the cow pie tier. <laughs> it also really bothers me that we watch something called season of the witch, and there is zero witchcraft. It's very true. Yeah, Not I mean, one. even the lady that came back from the dead, there's no proof that was witchcraft. She could have just been. She know, had a, a, a post mortem puke. She could have been, yeah, a zombie. It's not this zombie, witchcraft. Zombie, yeah. There were zombies in this movie, too. Zombie. Yep. So, great movie. No. Uh, popcorning? Anything? I wrote down that the uh, when they show the demon for the first time in demon form on the roof of, like, on the ceiling of the, the, the book room. Yeah. The librarium. <laughs> um, I wrote down... Uh, this is literally the least intimidating demon I've ever seen. Yeah. And I thought it kind of looked like Groot. It looked like Teenage Groot <laughs> with wings. <laughs> Which is kind of a nice sentiment. It was cute when it was on the ceiling. When hey, it was get down When here. it was murdering people with its boner, it was a little less cute. Mm, stabbing people with its with his wing horn. With its wing tip, yes. Which I feel like is a demon and wing horn. Thing. Wing horn and demon. <laughs> wing horn and demon. <laughs> He's stupid. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wow. That was a Jimmy joke. That was that I didn't expect that from you. That's great. Thank you. I don't expect you to stoop so low usually. <laughs> That's great. That's a good one. Wow. That's fun. <laughs> oh man all right <laughs> we had so much more fun talking about this movie than we did watching it i didn't have a bad time watching it didn't have a good time it was kind of a purgatory of a movie yeah any anything else missing uh I don't have a popcorn, Popcorns. except I do have a favorite quote. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Um, so actually, I want to hear Jimmy's quote first. Matt already took my um, quotes that I was excited about, like the crushed on enemies is dust before the wind, or there's another one early on that I probably could find, but I'm not going to try to. Um, the, she robbed you of a year's wages. Yes, but she gave me so much in return. That's I really like that exchange. Mm-hmm. So that's when they're talking about prostitutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's in the same conversation. Pittsburgh Nelly. 
and uh, Ron Perlman says, the thing she did in the bedchamber. That's good. That's probably the only line that he says that's like period relevant. Yep. (laughs) Bedchamber. I did have one thing I wanted to come back to. Um, Can you guys imagine if we still burn down people's houses after they died from a disease <laughs> it was like i think that's pretty common for like this time period clean, that's a pretty crazy right thing it's like they died from disease burn this place down <laughs> that's enough of this house it's pretty crazy that's uh, you're right but it made when they burned down that guy's house it was like smart it does upset me whenever I remember that other people have probably lived in this apartment. Like, ugh. Like, we should just burn down a place whenever someone moves out. I'm down for that. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Was it like, is. Especially when there's a, a herding sick woman inside. Herding because of the ghosts? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a popcorn that's only somewhat relevant to this movie. It's It's kind of more theology stuff i don't know if that's a buzzkill but i think it's interesting throw it out now Jeez, go. Uh, so in this movie all the incantations for the book of solomon are written and spoken in latin right <clears throat> well in the middle ages the church was against translating the bible out of latin into common languages because they thought that it was uh that the bible should be revered and not be spoken in the common tongue the irony is the Latin Bible was the modern translation of the original scriptures when the church was based in Rome because the Romans spoke Latin. And in fact, the Latin translation of the Bible is called the Vulgate, meaning vulgar and common. So it's uh, just another hypocrisy that uh, my people are guilty of. Dope. Kind of interesting. That is interesting. Did it bother either of you when they're going into the church castle in Similac to kill the demon? And Felton says... (laughs) (laughs) All of that was inaccurate. Does it matter, though? I don't know. I found Similac to be a very formulaic place. Mm -hmm, Yes. He says, uh, are we going in here to kill the demon or to save the girl? In, like, a suspicion, like, accusatory kind yeah. of way. Yeah, yeah. And that really stuck with me for a minute. I was like... What are you getting at here? What difference does it make? <laughs> yeah. Who gives a shit? Like, is one of them not reasonable? Like, if you're going in because there's a demon and you gotta kill it, that seems fair. And if you're going in because there's a girl and you have to save her, that also seems fair. It seems like he's like, are we just doing this because you want to bang this girl? <laughs> like, is that what he was implying there? Uh, <laughs> he definitely did word it like that. Uh, but I think there was a little bit of logic to what he was saying. I think he was saying... because Nicolas Cage is trying to absolve himself of the guilt of killing that one girl that one time? Yeah. I think what he's saying is, are you going to be willing to kill this demon, or are you going to not kill this demon because you're trying no. to save the girl? I think that would make sense in a different movie. I don't think that's what he was saying. I don't think that he was saying, like, are you willing to let this girl die to kill the demon? I think that he was uh, just being like, if we're going in here because we want to kill this demon, I'm down. But if we're going in here because of some weird need 
to be a hero. Uh, uh-uh. I don't, I don't, I'm not down for that. I think it was more of like a dismissive, like judgment of like, you're always trying to save these hoes, you know? I think he's like annoyed with Nick Cage always being about that. Ron Dude. Perlman never been about that. <laughs> Felsen out. <laughs> Shanley, what do you think? How do you interpret that question? I thought it was kind of like what Matt said. Damn it. But what I, what I will say, though, to your credit there, Jimmy, it wasn't really delivered in that way. I think that that may be the way it was supposed to be written, but it wasn't delivered that way. And the director is still just like, yep, that's, that's, what, it said it. In the, that's what it said in the script. We got that. <laughs> A lot of this movie had the viewer needing to like pick up the pieces. And of course... Another way to write a movie badly is to spell out everything. But a way to to write a movie correctly is to to do neither, you know, neither to leave the uh, the audience confused nor to spell it out for them, but just to do it well mm-hmm. <laughs> to communicate things to tell a story. And this movie doesn't really do that. I don't think this movie really knew what it was doing at all. Yeah. I feel like the director of this movie was just like, I think you said most of the words on the page, <laughs> so we're good. That was it. I followed along. I was like, yep, those words. Okay, okay, got it done. That was the words. I think you're right. You said all the words, guys. Good job. We're done here. <laughs> Unfortunately, we were done with the movie at that point. Um, That's hilarious. Okay, well, I guess I was wrong there, but I took it as him being like... Not about trying to just help you get over killing that lady that one time. There might have been some of that, though. The way... Yeah, I don't know. I really don't care. <laughs> I feel like Felton's character had kind of like a get-over-it attitude. He did, yeah. Dude, we, we've we all killed a girl <laughs> at some point. It I happens. Think, I think he did have that. I killed right. that girl that I gave a year's salary to. <laughs> That's why I miss her. Because she's dead yeah. now. <laughs> uh, there was that weird billing thing. Do you remember that? Yes. So we were watching the credits at the end, and we noticed a name was missing. Nick Cage. In the selection episode, you pointed out that the cover of this said, Nick Cage, season of the witch, Ron Perlman. (laughs) Yes, it did. And yeah, the the end credits matched that. Yeah, so when, after she says, but I know, and the first thing that comes up on the screen is Nick Cage. And then the title of the movie, Season of the Witch, and then the rest of the cast. In the same size and font. Like, it was, like, flashing on the screen, not, like, like scrolling. It was, like, Nick Cage fades to black. Season of the Witch, same size and everything fades to black. Ron Perlman, and then the rest of the cast. And Christopher Lee at the end. Yes, and Christopher Lee. (laughs) And Christopher Lee as Groot. Yep. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I just, uh, I was looking up this movie this afternoon, and I found an entirely different cover, and it does the same thing. Look at that. Nicolas Cage on the top. No, it's mm-hmm. not showing. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. I believe you. Nicolas Cage at the very top. Season oh, of the yeah. Witch, and then directly underneath that, Ron Perlman. That's hilarious. So that is definitely a contractual billing. That's so funny. He's top billed above the, the entire movie, <laughs> above the title. Yep. That's crazy. All right, should we just rank this damn thing and move on with our lives? 
Let's transition to a different season. Hopefully not of a witch. Who wants to rank first? I will. You got it. Season of the witch. Uh, it's going to fall. Number five for me. Last place. Last place. Mm. What's directly above it? Uh, the rock. Okay. Gotcha. Two Nicholas Cages on the bottom. And I feel like the rock was way m- more entertaining to watch. It just was like a longer kind of a dragging on movie. Yeah. But it was way more enjoy- enjoyable. I loved how short this movie was. Yeah, that that's true. <laughs> that was a good part of it. But I, I found myself thinking like they're, they're trying to give more gravity to this journey. They should have made the movie longer. And I interrupted my own thoughts with saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> keep, keep it at an hour and 35 minutes, please. Uh, what about you, Jimmy? Ranking? <clears throat> so my rankings are as follows. Number one, Three Ninjas. Number two, Varsity Blues. Number three, Small Soldiers. Number four, Season of the Witch. Number five, The Rock. Really? I would definitely rather watch this than The Rock. Fascinating. Why is that? Because this was, like, dumb. But I like Ron Perlman. And uh, I feel like... This movie almost doesn't feel like it's taking itself that seriously. Because yeah. Ron Perlman isn't taking the movie seriously. <laughs> because Ron Perlman is in it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ron Perlman. He's fine. Um, I think that I would rather watch this and just even to watch it and be like, what the hell is like to go deeper into like, yeah. what were they thinking? I'm, there's like a purpose for watching it. Whereas The Rock, I'm like, I got it. I got what I needed from that. I don't ever have to see that movie again. Okay. So until a movie comes along that I don't want to see, like, like I, I don't feel like The Rock is a bad movie, but it's the only one on our list so far this season. That you don't want to read. That I'm like, there's zero reason for me to go back to it. Gotcha. I, there's no motivation for me to dip back into that world. Gotcha. Yeah, that, I think that makes a lot of sense. Anything else to add there? Nope, that's it. Yeah, mine's de- Season of the Wisp. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Mine's the Season of the Wisp. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you kind of take... sounded like the hamburger guy there. <laughs> let's take it from the top. <laughs> oh. Hi, you're listening to the Weekly Watch Wheel. Oh, no. Uh, Wheel. Witch. I'm witch. <laughs> Wheel, witch, a witch? Yeah. That's, our new Hall- that's our new Halloween version yeah. of the show. <laughs> Welcome to oh, the no. Weekly Witch, witch. We're wheel, witch, witch. We're witch. We're so stupid. Um... <laughs> For me, Season of the Witch is dead last as well, beneath The Rock. I agree with you. I th- I almost feel like The Rock is too long to watch again, and this one is easily digestible, and we can get through it and talk about it, not even stop for ads. <laughs> um, but I think there's actually a compelling story in The Rock if you think about... Uh, just the general hummel, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
just today actually while I was driving I was stricken by his motivation and kind of his character and telling the Girl Scouts to hey get back on the boat you're you need to tell your teacher that it's not safe and that you need you guys need to leave and just everything about him being mostly above board I think that's really interesting um if not for him though I, the rock would probably be last on my list I'm don't I don't find Sean Connery that cool in the movie I don't find Nicolas Cage that cool in the movie but I do like Ed Harris's character You want to watch that whole movie again because you think that he's an interesting character I think overwatching this one, yeah. Really? Okay. Because I I think that there's actually something to learn in that movie. That The Rock, it's dumb, fun, Michael yeah. Bay movie, but there's actually a lesson to learn there. Like, hey, you know, we need to take into consideration what uh, Black Ops does to our, our men and women in military mm-hmm. and whether or not we're taking care of our veterans. There's actually, there's a message in that. Oh. This movie has... So I already care about the veterans. <laughs> so that's why I, I don't need that. Okay, got it. This movie just has... You don't support the troops, so you uh, need that reminder. Mm-hmm, that's why. Got it. So Season of the Witch has nothing to teach. Okay. So, except for maybe teaching us that Nicolas Cage is the best person and fighter and godly man in the whole wide world of all time. So, no good for me. I, I'll leave it at number five. I'm sure we'll watch worse movies, though. We've seen worse movies on this show. Um, but so far this season, this is the worst uh, one for me. There's something to learn in this movie. Just can't trust these witches, you know? <laughs> trust no witch. Well. <laughs> Best part of the night. Whose turn is it? My turn. It's yours. Mm-hmm. Woo! Shanley. Shanley, Shanley, Shanley. My phone auto-corrected your name to Stanley in Yay. my notes. And I, did, I had no idea. My notes say, Stanley jumped at the puking corpse. And I, it took me a really long time to understand what I meant by that. Then I realized it was uh, Shanley. It took me a long time to figure out what you meant by that. <laughs> All right, Shanley, are you ready for this? I am ready. Shanley, other than Nicolas Cage, every category we've gotten this season has been new. And, and um, Movie Jar. That was my last And I would argue... Oh, Movie Jar. I would. Oh, yeah. Movie Jar hasn't been new. But we did add new things to the Movie Jar, so... We did. That still counts as new. Was Movie Jar this year? I think that was the end of last year. No, we got Movie Jar. What was my it? My last been... Michael oh, Bay, Michael The Rock. Michael Bay. Yep. Michael Bay Jordan. Michael Bayman. <laughs> I hope I get a good one. Me too. I'm just curious. Can she spin Venn diagram? No. What about Zen diagram? Wait, why can't I spin vi- Venn di- diagram? Because it was last week. But that, that's why I wanted to ask. He was just ask. setting up the Zen diagram. No, I wasn't. Trick. I wasn't. I was, I was wondering that today. Because if she spins Venn diagram today... It's highly is, unlikely that is, she's going to spin an identical Venn diagram. Zen diagram is movies with Zendaya or Heather Graham. <laughs> <laughs> we should have, we'll have Venn diagram, Ben diagram, and Zen diagram. <laughs> I'm going to put that on there. No, that's stupid. Fine, dude. Are you kidding me? Either Zendaya or Heather Graham? That's <laughs> hilarious. We could watch Anger Management or whatever disney thing she used to be in camp rock and roll who knows go ahead is she in 
the spy who shagged me? Zendaya? Yeah. <laughs> Heather Graham is, yeah. Okay, there you go. Go ahead, Shanley. All right, let's do this. That's a strong spin. I've had better. Yes. Oh, she's into it. It's a new category, guys. New category. Okay. If it has parentheses written underneath it, don't read the parentheses because okay. that's just an explanation. It's not part of the title. Okay, this is a new one, Jimmy. The one where we actually roll a die. Oh wow. my gosh! Yes. I'm annoyed that you said die, but I get it. Is that what I dice. wrote in there? The one where we actually roll dice. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can still say roll a dice. Sure. Shanley, do you want to explain what this one is? Do you remember what this one is? Yes. Roll the dice. Is that what it's called? I'm. It's called the one where we actually... No, the other category. The other one's called roll of the dice. It should just be called roll the dice. Roll of the dice? That's stupid. It should be called roll the dice, and then the one where we actually roll the dice. Yeah. That's what it should be called. Oh, I'm looking at it. It says roll the dice. So it's roll the dice, and then this one should be the one where we actually roll the dice. Yes. Do you want to explain what we have to do in this one? Yes. So this uh, category is kind of based off the, um, the idea of degrees of separation. So we roll a dice, and I will land on a number between one and six. Well, I guess it has to be, what, two and six, right? But whatever number I get that dictates the degrees of separation from the movie we watched last week which has a pretty limited is it is it degrees of separation of the cast i think we were pretty open so we could also do like cast director but it is a it it is a person i think so yeah okay okay interesting okay go ahead i was thinking of doing it like imdb style where like Oh, from clicks. Yes. Wow. All right, so Shanley oh, is... Let me see if I can get the mic to get the sound of the rolling dice. The sound of rolling dice to me, the music in the air. Uh, no. One degree? Is that... Can that be done? I have to go on to... Wait, so Shanley, you, roll a, you rolled a one. I rolled a one, meaning... It has to be a movie that someone in this movie was also in. Yes. Or somebody involved in this movie. So producer, director. So it could director. be, well, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be Christopher Lee, uh, Nick Cage. Robert Sheehan. Ron Perlman. Mm-hmm. And that's probably it. Those are names that we know, but she could easily just go through the entire cast and find other movies that... Like, I mean, she's not going to. She'll pick one of those people that she knows and then find a movie that she wants to watch. Mm. So, I mean, that's what that would imply, right? Yep. Interesting. I think that, honestly, that's it. fine. Do we need a break from Nicolas Cage, Shanley? Definitely. Don't, hey, stop oh. Stop leading the I'm witness. I'm not leading. I was asking the You're question. You're encouraging her to Overruled. take a break. <laughs> you don't get to overrule. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like we are we are all he- very familiar with Nick Cage over here. I think it's time we revisit Ghost Rider. We could do that. That is definitely or Juji or Juji. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm also kind of feeling like more Perlman. find Crewman number six and see what else he's oh, in. Oh God, Crewman number six. 
Yep. What are we talking about here? She's saying just pick like a random person from this and find any yeah. other movie that they've been in. We're going to have a Santa Claus versus the devil situation. <laughs> you know what? Stephen Graham is actually in a lot of things. Stop leading. He's leading you. Don't let I'm him influence you. Disgusting. I forbid you to pick anything that Matt says. To pick from. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe. She could do Santa Claus versus the devil because the devil is present in this movie. It's true. You could do the devil is all the time. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm excited for this one. What a what a good choice. I mean, it's very, very vague, but I'm excited. Super cool. Wait, I think you get to pick from everyone involved in this. So you don't mm-hmm. have to commit to Christopher Lee or oh, something. No. For every nomination. But it could be right? like... You nominate two Christopher Lee movies and yeah. uh Nicolas Cage movie, a couple of Ronnie Pearls, mine. <laughs> For sure. So I think my um, plan of attack is to go through IMDb, and I just have to make sure that I am following someone who is listed as worked on this movie and then finding something else that they have done. Super cool. This is going to be good. I kind of wish I rolled a higher number, but then I'm also glad I didn't because I feel like it's a lot of extra it, steps. It's a lot of... Yeah, if you got six, that'd be hilarious. Oh. If it gets higher, though, you could just start making connections happen. Right. Like, if you got four, you could just go to any movie you wanted, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really need to use the restroom, so why don't we go ahead and close out this episode? Woo! All right. Cool. Well, we're really excited. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at the Weekly Watch Wheel and uh, see what movies we're putting out next. Definitely. And then also, we're still doing the sweepstakes where if you leave us a review that you can create a category on our wheel. We've had some responses with that, and that's been a lot of fun. So please do leave us a review on any listening platform so we can reach back out to you and get your category on our wheel. And I think that'll do it for tonight. So we'll catch everyone next week on movie night right here at the Weekly Watch Wheel when we'll watch uh, the one where we actually actually roll roll the the dice dice movie. 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 Hot dog, what an episode. I laughed, I cried, I made a sizable anonymous donation to a nonprofit supporting underprivileged youth. It's episodes like this and listeners like you that make this podcast special. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of our previous ones, please let us know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening, and maybe reach out to us via email at weeklywatchwheel at gmail.com or via Instagram at the Weekly Watch Wheel. We hope to hear from you, and we'll see you next time. It's the Weekly Watch Wheel.